What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 68, a regular YouTube web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-hosts, Raffle and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight? You know, I'm doing all right. We finally got some uh, new cards to look forward to talk about, and I'm ready to um, make a lot of people mad about uh, my takes on the card like I typically do, so should be fun. I mean, that is always the best part of reveal season, is pissing a whole bunch of people off. Um, which Blizzard apparently have done a great job of, judging by some of the reaction, but we'll get into all that. Um, yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, all the new stuff. It's been a long time coming, and I'm very happy to be here with you two, and uh, all the viewers and listeners as well, as we uh, we wade through all the terrible predictions um, that we're all going to be making. Yeah, inevitably, we're always going to make terrible decisions about cards of course um so yeah just a little bit of a later episode this week just because we wanted to wait until all the cards were out before we did a card review episode because it kind of just made sense so i hope you guys enjoy that uh but before we dive into it gonna leave you guys hanging just a little bit longer we got to do our normal you know our normal sellout stuff so first things first if you guys enjoy the podcast whether you're listening on spotify apple podcast youtube anything make sure you guys hit that like subscribe button if you guys enjoy the content it's a small thing but it does support us a ton you can also support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash stateofwild, and you'll pick up some uh, pretty cool perks in the process. So, And of course, you can always come join the State of the Wild Discord server to come talk about all things wild Hearthstone over there. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's, no more chit-chat. Let's dive into the new cards. So 35 new cards. Let's start from the top. Let's start with Demon Hunter. First thing, Crow's Nest Lookout. Three mana, two, two, Demon Battle cry, deal two damage to the left and right most enemy minions. How are you guys feeling about this? No, nope. I don't see a spot for this. Um, <laughs> like, it just like where does it go? It's like too poorly statted for odd um, demon hunter, and like doesn't do enough in terms of swinging the board for like a control deck. So I think you know it's just like a, a soul cleave without the healing, where the body re- re- replaces the healing. Yeah, it's 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 very awkward. Uh, probably really good in Arena, which is usually a sign that a card is bad. Um, and this is not really a home for it, like Ripple said. This is awkwardly started where it, it is good tempo, but it's just not aggressive enough. Um, but yeah. Never never a world you play this so that you can pick off all the pirates that are going to be running around? <laughs> nah, sadly not. Needed a little bit more health or a little just a little bit more stats on it. Well, okay, the one that we probably should talk about, though. Need for Greed. Okay, so this is a yeah. five-mana tradable spell. Draw three cards. If this card, Need for Greed, was drawn this turn, this costs three instead. So potentially three-mana, draw three. Um, and if it doesn't cost three, you trade it away and hope you draw it for three-mana, right? Instead of spending five on it. Um, so this is kind of poor man's Skull of Gul'dan, while we wait for Skull of Gul'dan to get reverted. <laughs> um I, I mean, it is still 3-mana draw 3, which is a powerful effect if you can consistently get it for 3-mana. So I guess the question is, do you want this in Odd Demon Hunter? Uh, I would lean towards probably not. Um, it's another card that's very good for questline Demon Hunter. I think that this is one of those where it's, uh, thank God Brute was nerfed, because that would be a disgusting card. The, the Synergize is so well with, um, with the questline, because, like, it can get reduced and then you trade it and then it remains reduced. So still paying four for three cards is pretty fair. Um, and then you're doing further reduction in that. So I think it's uh, that's probably what it was aimed at and probably where it will stand. I don't know. Like, I feel like just acrobatics is maybe uh, better, less clunky than um, 
than this card already and so you don't really you don't want i don't think you want to run both because that like makes your acrobatics worse and you want to have that low curve it also makes the uh the stilt stepper worse so i think just um this is a good card but probably going to be hard to find a home in wild because demon hunter bad yeah i think it is actually probably better than acro um but that doesn't mean i think it's necessarily good enough to see play right like that's like acro currently isn't really seeing play in odd dh um it's definitely a card that i i, I think we have to keep an eye on for the future because uh if Odd Demon Hunter becomes more and more burn-centric, this gets better, I think, over time, because the less board matters, right? Then it doesn't matter if you spend three mana on drawing cards if you just kill the opponent the following turn without board control. Currently, uh, Odd DH doesn't really have that a level of burn. It has a little bit with, like, Fury Twin Slice, but not quite enough. Um, so this is something that I think is, you know, something to keep in mind uh, in the future. But, yeah, mostly mostly just a quest, a quest card, which is irrelevant in, in Wild. Yeah, I mean, I would debate you a little bit on whether it's better than Acro or not, but I don't think it's worth getting into in this episode because, I mean, Acro's not nearly good enough to see play right now, so this probably is not good enough <laughs> if we're debating whether it's better than Acro or not. So let's go ahead and talk about Proving Grounds. Six mana spell, summon two minions from your deck, they fight. So basically duel, but it summons minions from your deck. So big death rattle demon hunter, right, is, is the idea behind this. Um, I saw this and I was like, Fugan and Stalag, baby. Only minions in the deck. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I think this card's not very good. I don't know if you guys have any different uh, differing opinions about that. No, I'm sure there's some potential to like do something kind of cute with it, but it's still a six mana card that like has the potential to be six mana develop nothing. And that would feel bad to just do nothing with your six mana kind of like uh playing a deck of chaos uh when it was originally released <laughs> i look forward to the ruffle video with this i look forward to spell dh with you can style on some of a pair of uh, 11 11s it's gonna be great but that's uh that's about all this this card is gonna be doing this is such a weird card i thought it had to be a hunter card when i first saw it not just because of the coloring but it just feels like such a weird fit in demon hunter but i guess they have been going down this whole death rattle package uh previously I think it's aimed at Death Rattle Demon Hunter, but like in standard, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because you don't have much in the way of interaction with big Death Rattles, and like you don't have a Nazoth that you benefit from like getting them dead. You don't really do much. Yeah. Like Burning Blade Acolyte is the only thing I can think of because you could bring that uh, out as a small minion to attack into another big Death Rattle minion that then you get two big minions on the board. But like again. What if you just hit your two big minions in your deck instead, and then you're sad? Yeah. So it's like the, the the failure rate makes this a little too inconsistent. I think this card is worse than Fark's Boomzooka, which tells you how bad this card is. So um, <laughs> let's go ahead and move oh, on no. into uh, into Druid. So the first thing that we need to talk about is Druid of the Reef. So this is a one-mana minion with choose one. So it either becomes a 3-1 Shark with Rush or a 1-3 Turtle with Taunt. Um and so obviously if you do have some sort of fuse effect like Fandral, you get a 1-mana 3-3 with Rush and Taunt. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note before we even start discussing this, uh, this doesn't work with stuff like in Biggin, right? Because even if you buff this to a 1-mana 3-3, when it transforms, it will transform into a 3-1 or a 1-3 regardless of whether it got buffed or not. So that being said, um, my instinct is it's probably not good in Aggro Druid because right now the in thing is the most unfair thing you can be doing in that deck. Um, and so Druid of the Reef doesn't really fit that, so I don't think it sees any play. 
No, I think it's a sweet card, though. I, I like the, the choose one effects. It's nostalgic. I'm going to try it. It's not going to be good, but I'm going to try it somewhere. Uh, maybe in a quest druid where I can get the uh, the dual effect of it because I think a one mana three three is pretty sweet. But like, that's obviously the exception rather than the uh, the rule. Yeah, the poor uh, the poor shuttle tag uh, for the for the dual fused minion didn't quite make it past uh, QA or anything apparently. Um, but the the minions are like really busted in standard. Um, in, in standard, this is great because, uh, it, it's awesome when your one drops can scale, right? It's like the biggest thing about one drops that people often underestimate. Um, you know, they always look at like Saranite trash, uh, trash thing, whatever it's called. Um, trash master. I, I can't remember, but the, uh, the two, three that summoned the taunt for the opponent when it died. Um, people like looked at that and they thought it was fine on turn one, but it's this hyper card that scales super bad over time. And this card doesn't scale really badly. This card's great. Uh, or it just becomes that deal three. Uh, but unfortunately, just because we are playing Wild Hearthstone, we are playing in Big and Hearthstone, it's a little bit less likely. Um, but I still would give it a chance. Like, one mana deal three option is pretty much the best recovery that an aggro dual deck could hope for. Being able to, like, clean up a coin cannon or something um, is pretty critical. So even with that Ambigan, like, non-synergistic stuff going on i i could potentially see it like it's very flexible yeah you like it over something like crab rider or gidra in that deck yeah yeah potentially like of a crab rider um i mean we've gone with lots of lots of cards previously that don't work within big and i don't think it has to be like the be all end all especially when we're playing the uh gibbling package um a lot of spells and stuff in that that kind of version of the deck um but yeah i can, I can see it definitely being something better better than something like Crab Rider or, uh, or Gridder, which is a bit too expensive. Yeah, Aggro Druid is a deck that traditionally struggles to, to get back on board. And, and this also has some uh, potential synergy with uh, Oracle of Elune as well. Oh, yeah, the 3 minutes two 4 Just because you're probably... Right. Running uh, Embiggen with an Oracle of Elune deck, um, you know, probably decreases some of the synergy associated with that deck. So this, like, could find a way in... That type of deck it's a little slow for wild obviously but um i mean we've talked about the how there's the potential for the the battle guard to um to be a legitimate threat in the future yep all right so card to keep an eye on in the future um a card that i was like super hype on until like i actually sat there and read the card uh jerry rig carpenter so this is a two minute two one pirate battle cry draw a choose one spell and split it so the important thing here, it has to be a spell, not just like any choose one card. Because I was like, wow, imagine if you hit like Malfurion off of this and that'd be insane. Um, I don't even know if it'd be insane anymore. But I, my thoughts on this card, like, do you ever run something like this in Aggro Druid to like tutor a Keeper? Not a Keeper. Uh, what is it called? Power of the Wild or a uh, Living Roots? Living in your Roots. Deck? Yeah. And maybe also so. Uh, so the oh, soil. so the soil, the one mana gear board plus one attack, or summon a two two. Mm -hmm. So like, you have a couple of really good options in that deck. Um, and I mean, it's a pirate, which is like super relevant <laughs> because of patches and brigands. So, I think this card might actually have uh some legs. I know we were talking about how the other one doesn't really necessarily fit within big and aggregate. I think this one, I I know it's two mana instead of one, but I think it does actually fit uh really really nicely with what you're trying to do in that deck. Yeah, I think it's um it. It's like, it's almost like drawing two cards. Like it's deceptively very good hand refill, 
uh, for a deck that um, often needs that. Like, uh, there's also oftentimes with the living roots in particular, like a lot of scenarios where you're you kind of want both (laughs) like you need to deal two damage to something but also like i want to keep going wide so uh with living roots in particular i could see that having some benefit i guess the same would apply to uh so the soil as well just because the those two effects actually just work well together so having them separated um is pretty nice so it's it is kind of like drawing two cards in in that regard right if you're uh, building your deck uh, with with this in mind, I think it has some potential. And like you said, it's a pirate at Bulls Brigand, and um, that means you can run fewer bad pirates in your deck um, and better turn one plays. Yeah, I really like this one. Um, again, there is that, that fear, that two mana fear, where it's like, holy shit, two mana for an aggregator? It's so expensive. <laughs> but uh, it's not bad, you know? Like, we, we don't really want to be doing the Voracious Raider thing anymore, and it's very it's a bit clunky especially with things like arbor up and so having another card that can provide this little bit of value um can be quite good for a deck like agri that otherwise does sort of run out of gas very very quickly um like we're saying the so the soil living roots um even the power of the wild uh these are all like pretty damn good cards when they're split up especially the living roots right like one mana deal two or one mana into uh, a couple tokens very very strong very very flexible um i can definitely see this card you know, being played. And it might even be able to push Ship's Cannon back into the deck, which is a card that's typically been a bit in and out because you're usually only running the one-drop pirates. It makes that a little bit more, um, I don't know, tantalizing uh, another another potential proc with the cannon. So, I, I mean, I think this is pretty solid. I, I definitely want to have a look at this in, in Agra Druid uh, and ditch the Voracious Raider hole idea. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, Alright, let's move on to our next card. We've got Moonlit Guidance. So this is a 2-mana Arcane spell for Druid. Discover a copy of a card in your deck. So any card. If you play it this turn, draw the original. Uh, Okay, so my first thoughts is a way to tutor Celestial Alignment in those combo Druid decks, just because that's the only thing your deck really cares about, is finding Celestial Alignment as fast as possible. Um, So it's a lot worse than Shadow Visions, right? Because it's any card in your deck rather than just a spell but do you think it's worth considering a card like this just to help you find celestial alignment in those decks yeah it, it's worth at least considering i think that like contrary to popular belief the deck isn't just draw alignment when the game because you do need follow-up as well but this helps solve that problem because it can help find your uh, mana fixing for the post alignment turns as well it can draw grab a nourish and um whatever else you need to to actually win so i think the flexibility gives it some potential i think it's a card that's very hard to evaluate though because um i, I don't until we see it in action it's a little bit uh hard to gauge but i think it, it seems pretty strong for situations where you need to draw specific things or even just like two mana draw two is good like uh if if you're able to play the card that you get that's still just good isn't it uh, my th- my first thought wasn't C- Celestial Alignment. My first thought was, wow, I would have loved to have played this when Kale cost six mana. You know, you, you play this for zero, you get like a lightning bloom, and then you rip off both blooms. Oh, that would have been, that would have been sick. Um, <laughs> as for the modern day, actual realistic applications, I actually don't like this card very much at all. I think it's, I think it's not very good. Uh, I think that Shadow Visions, um, isn't as great. Uh, well, Shadow Visions probably isn't that amazing in general. Um... And I, I just don't think that it's going to be able to find the room in Druidless, which are really quite tight in general, I think. Um, 
I think that the the effect of just two mana to discover a spell isn't really good enough, and I don't think you're going to consistently be able to get the payoff to make it worthwhile. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm just not really, I'm just not really as into it. I, I suppose I, think, I, I, I don't know. I, I would push back on that a little bit because Shadow Visions is good in a deck like Big Priest, where you're looking for a very specific card that gets you online, which is kind of what Celestial does. And I think that yeah, the a lot of alignment decks are pretty tight, but if people have been able to find room for Guess the Weight, which on occasion they have been, I think that you can find room for for this because like I don't see Guess the Weight as a as a better card than this. So um, maybe as a, some potential in like a um, spell based token deck a, as well in place of that uh, that Guess the Weight, which is more common there. I guess the one the one thing I really have an issue with is the fact that it says discover a copy of a card in your deck. It just makes that tutoring so much more difficult because it is less consistent. If it was just a minion or just a spell and you could really sort of, you know, fixate what you wanted, I'd be a little bit higher. But because of that, uh, not so much. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think it's like it's not directly comparable to Shadow Visions for that reason because you can build your deck as priest like what reno priest used to do in a way that you can pretty consistently get the spell that you need at a given time so yeah it is worse but um i don't know we'll see yeah i i, I think it's worth at least trying just because of the tutoring effect could potentially be really powerful i don't know if you find room in the mali versions because the mali versions like the combo is a lot like higher cost right there's like seven cards or eight cards you need rather than like maybe a mechathune or a togwaggle build probably can find room for this and i think it all just comes down to like how consistently is this card good if it is consistent at all <laughs> um and yeah like like ruffle said I, it's hard to evaluate without actually playing a large sample of games to at least figure out how good it is um, but definitely a card to to keep in mind when you guys are building decks post mini set uh so next up we've got uh the hunter card starting off with a with a great one uh we got a doggy biscuit a two mana tradable spell uh, so this is a 2-mana spell that gives a minion plus 2, plus 3. Or if you trade the spell back into your deck to draw a card for 1 mana, you give a friendly minion rush. So I'm assuming it's a random friendly minion, because I don't believe you can like target when you're trading. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I know it doesn't say it on the card, but I'm assuming it's a random friendly minion. Um, so first thing, it is a 2-mana spell that doesn't give a minion plus 2, plus 2. Already hate that, but... <laughs> uh, in general with the card, how are you guys feeling about it? Like, I think the tradable like, automatically gives it a little bit of a bump than we normally would evaluate cards like this, but uh, can you find room for this card in any like popular Hunter deck? So I'm like, I'm looking at even or I'm looking at uh, Beast Hunter with this. I mean, I don't... Have we ever seen a two-mana buff spell that gives this many stats? That's like... It, uh... It's a River Crocs worth of stats already. Like, a lot of, um, a lot of the similar cards that we've seen have not only been plus two two but also been plus two two conditional like having to be a beast or something like that so um i mean that said who plays for board anymore like well like how how did my minions survive against the questline hunter and uh what benefit am i getting from this card in that situation like the tradable gives it a little bit of uh fixing potential just because um you know, you not only get a new card, but you also get some benefit on the on the board. But again, who plays for board right now? So, um, I I would say it seems like a pretty cool, strong card, but I don't know if this is the metagame for it. Is my concern? 
Yeah, there's the uh, the two decks really, Egg Hunter, um, decks in quotation marks, uh, Egg Hunter and Even Hunter. Um, in Even Hunter, I, I can see it because Even Hunter is definitely a deck that uh, definitely like lacks ability to come back on board. Um, if it gets caught a little bit behind, then it's kind of only real recovery is Quick Shot, Piercing Shot, which is super clunky, or uh, Steam Weedle Sniper. And so those aren't really great options. Um, you also tend to float a mana a lot of time, which you end up with hero powering. But I mean, in a lot of matchups, like the aggressive matchups, the hero power isn't really helping you very much. So you do tend to like float that extra one mana, which can make the tradable sort of quote unquote free um, in various situations. Uh, I, the the only card that I could think of that gave plus two, plus three was the buffed version of Mark of the Wild. Is that the name? The Druid? Um, I forgot they... that got buffed. Oh my god! Yeah, they they they, they, they buffed yeah. that one. I yeah. that is news to me. This is legitimately the first time hearing <laughs> of it. It got it got <laughs> buffed. I remember in the um, when they did the whole classic. Uh, oh, sorry, the core set rework. And I, I remember there was like hype about it. Like, holy shit, this is the most amount of stats we've ever seen for this kind of. And then never heard of it again. Just gone. Just never never popped up. Um, okay. Which doesn't bode well for Doggy Biscuit. Yeah. Actually, you know, like the fact that that went away forever. It's yeah. scared. Bit scared for the doggy biscuit. I do like it in eggs, though, you know. But um, yeah. Also, uh, we're getting a puppy soon, so I'm just like, I've got like puppy fever for this card art. It's, it's very cute. <laughs> you just uh, need to make a doggo-based uh, hunter deck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what beast hunter is, right? With all the little, I guess they're wolves more than they are dogs. All right, never mind. Uh, let's talk about monstrous I'm... parrot. <laughs> I mean, I, before we move on, though, like beast hunter was a place where I did. I mean, there is some potential for that. That's a board-based deck. You try, like, you could benefit from both the rush and the buff. So, I think that's another place that it might fit. It's just like, I don't know, you you lose a beast that you get to like draw off of Buzzard with. So, like, that's that's always my uh, hurdle when adding non uh, beast cards to that deck. Yeah, exactly. I just don't know where you find room for this card in those beast hunter builds. That's the issue. Like you talked about. Um... Some of these decks being like super tight list, like yeah. there, there is no room in Beast Hunter. Like, there's no terrible card that you're like looking to actively cut. And Doggy Bissy, it's not like that far and away better than anything else in that deck. So, I, I thought about it, but I wasn't really a big fan. I think Even Hunters were probably going to try this, but even then, I think not very good. I'm waiting for uh, what I'm really waiting for is the Scavenger's Ingenuity on Nerf, where we get like the plus three plus three, and you can play like a penguins and play for board a lot harder and then oh, i miss penguin yeah. oh i miss that package so much <laughs> and then you can run doggy biscuit in that build as well which would be really really nice so uh actively waiting for those unnerves to happen and then maybe we'll play some doggy biscuit for now i, I i'm with you guys i'm not really seeing any plays of this season any play all right uh corbett brought up egg hunter and so that makes me think <laughs> like leads right into this next card we got monstrous parrot four mana three four beast Battle cry, repeat the last friendly death rattle that triggered. So important to note that it does not have to have been this turn, right? So you can trigger like, trigger a death rattle on turn two or turn three, and then you can play this on turn four, and it will remember that death rattle and replay that. So I think the obvious thing that a lot of people were jumping to were were eggs, right? Um, but like you get four four or five five alongside your parrot for four mana. Um, I'm sure there's some shenanigans you can do in Reno Hunter as well. Right, with some very few select death rattles. But then again, we're talking about a couple of decks that are not Odd Hunter, 
and this is not really helping you in that matchup specifically. So while I think it's a good card, I'm just not sure where it's going to see play. Uh, I don't know if you guys Tonks? have any different thoughts. Yeah, Tonks as to say, the moon? <laughs> Meowth, your brain is so tiny. Everyone knows that this is a Tonks card. That means you're getting to turn six and then turn seven for a parrot. That is, that is, I don't even know how, how, how expensive is Tonk. He's a seven mana card. That means as you're somebody, to turn eight. <laughs> as somebody who just the other day spent three hours playing Tonk Hunter, I can tell you that you are absolutely correct. This card <laughs> is not helpful for that deck because that deck is terrible. Also, you generally want to play cards on curve. So if you're thinking about turn four, you, you're just going to hold this for, uh, what, four turns until you get to the, the Tonk Stud? And then you still have to have the Tonk die while you somehow don't die. So, no. The, this is, I think Egg is the only place where this has any amount of potential. But I like I want to go on the record saying that I think it's a cool card, and I think that the Parrot concept is amazing in general. The yes. fact that it like they all repeat something, and it's just great. Yeah, I wasn't going to touch yes. on the parrots until the very end, but I, I completely agree. This is like a cycle of cards, I think you could call them, right? We have four parrots that all repeat something relevant. Um, yeah, so, sorry, I just wanted to get that in. Sorry, correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to parrot what Ruffle was saying there about the egg, uh, the egg stuff. Um, the It works really well with Lion and Terra Scale in particular because both those cards... Uh, require there to be a death rattle on board and so the opponent is incentivized to sort of trade into those whereas this one um doesn't need to so uh there's sort of th just the fact that like the opponent might want to trade in and trigger a death rattle on like an egg for example means that they're gonna be playing into either the lion or the parrot like one way or the other um heading into turn four so that's kind of like a nice little synergy um I mean, obviously, it's really good, right? Like, like assuming it's hitting, like, a 5-5 five, five or something, it's just a tremendous amount of stats. It's just, like, Egg Hunter in Wild is just currently, like, the greatest arena deck that we've ever seen, um, which makes it, like, tier 6. So <laughs> it's, a, it's another, like, very powerful, great stat pile, but it's not quick enough. It's not aggressive enough um, to really make any, any real headway. But very cool card. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... I think what we're seeing so far, right? We're only, what, seven or eight cards in? Lots of really, really cool cards for not very good top-tier decks, and we don't think that they're pushing anything very, very well, well yeah, so yeah, how can How can we be talking about top-tier decks when we haven't even gotten to, like, Warlock and Warrior? And well, the, we're talking about Hunter, dude. Hunter's one of the best. Well, well we haven't done any <laughs> odd-costed cards yet. Now, well, this yeah, next this, card, this, though. This next card, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why would you say something before we reveal this next card? All Which right, is very right. clearly well, broken. It was set very up powerful. for this, all right? Where well, we hadn't seen anything busted until we got to this one. Come on, you're ruining you're ruining the setup. All right, Defy is Blast Fisher. Five mana, three, two, pirate. Beautiful stats. Battle cry, deal two damage to a random enemy. Repeat for each of your beast. Um, Whoa! <laughs> so here's the play. Here's the play. You draw Baku, unfortunately. You shove it on turn nine. You follow it up with this bad boy for four damage to the opponent's face. Boom. Got him. Four plus seven is 11. GG. You win. There you go. That's the playbook. Chat. All right. My playbook is uh, when you buy the mini set for gold, uh, you dust this uh, so that you get a free 10 dust and can spend it on something Ooh, else. That, 
that does sound better. That does yeah. sound, uh, yeah, like an improvement. Um, we have Tundra Rhino in our format, and we have things that kill you in our format, and we have things that actually have stats in our format. Not a 5-mana 3-2. Why is this a 5-mana 3-2? <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Every time, every time they print a card with bad stats and the word pirate on it, that is a nerf to the juggernaut, so... True. I mean, it's a it's a nerf. It's a brutal nerf to my poor evolve shaman. That's what I'm really thinking about I was, here. I was like, about to say oh. five mana three two. That's I thought you were oh. going the evolve route. Like ugh. terrible. Um, I don't know what happened in the Blizzard playtesting. Like all this rat package, these rat hunter stuff going on. The Oaken Shark here is just tearing them apart, and they just emergency nerfed everything on the way out the door. <laughs> Somewhere in there, they had a second iteration of Corridor Creeper, and like. <laughs> we didn't get that. We just got the uh, the pieces that synergize with it. Yeah. God, can you imagine if we got like an unnerfed quarter creeper reprint in the last set, like five ma seven mana five five? Ooh. I think we would know who to blame. It would be Chalky. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I also think that we wouldn't be sleeping on it like we were with OG quarter creeper. I hope we wouldn't at least. All right, we're talking so much about this bad card. Let's uh, let's move on to some. I think I think good <laughs> cards. Let's talk about yeah. Deep Water Evoker. We're moving into Mage now. Uh, this is a 4-mana 3-4 pirate. Battle cry, draw a spell, and gain armor equal to its cost. Um, I would just like to start out by saying we have found the replacement for uh, Gnomish Inventor in the Reno Ignite Mage list. Um, but also, I think this card is freaking insane in a lot of mage lists. I think this card is pretty, pretty damn good. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Uh, it's very good in um, big minion mage like the the conch uh like uh book version mm -hmm. uh because like you desperately need to find either one of those spells both of those spells as quickly as possible so this is a nice supplement to star scryer in that type of deck um you know even mage mains are probably going to continue molding after the loss of wildfire because you'd have a way to oh, consistently no. draw that with this card and that's no longer the case um but yeah it, I don't. I'm not maybe as high on it as you are, but I think it, it certainly has some potential. Like targeted um, draw in mage in particular has, you know, had some serious upside in in the past. Um, just because like a deck like Pocket Galaxy, um, you know, maybe not necessarily wants to draw the spell, but wants to get itself online um, a little bit quickly in, like, uh, Wildfire and, um, and I think the Conjurer's Calling type uh, deck kind of does the same. Uh, this is a minion. It has the words draw a spell on it. I'm playing it in Ignite Mage. Um, that's that's oh, what God. I plan on doing. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, I don't know, more tutoring, more draw, yeah. a little bit of armor. Like, even if it doesn't hit the armor, I don't think I care very much. Like, it, it's fine. Um, you don't care about so yeah. the armor when you're killing the opponent the next turn, right? That, that's what you said <laughs> Exactly. <earlier. laughs> we already have Ice Block up. It's fine. Turn 3 Rider. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was the first time I thought of. In addition to like, oh, LPG, and then that's that's kind of mostly it, I thought. Yeah. But Ignite Mage, a little bit of an upgrade. Like, it is 4 mana, but it's a nice piece. I think you're sleeping on the uh, the Conch Mage. I think that that has some uh, serious high roll potential. Just because, sure. like, null into... Uh into 10 tens is sweet and yeah yeah i mean i'm not i'm not sleeping on hand mage it's just more 
I have had seared into my brain all the people commenting, why Gnomish Inventor, why Gnomish Inventor, why Gnomish Inventor, every time I play that Rena Mage list. And it's so, a good question, Mayoth. It is a good question. <laughs> there legitimately are no better options to run. And so when I saw this card, I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to hear that question anymore. But like, I, I, I do definitely agree that it is a huge buff to Hand Mage. I think it's a great buff to, honestly, even Rena Mage, even though it's not super popular. And yeah, probably, like, it, we run tradable minions in Ignite Mage because we don't have anything better to run right and so yeah. this is a better card to run so i think it's good enough in uh in ignite mage as well all right so i think one one last thought on uh on deep water evoker though um why no mission inventor all right well when you're playing the reno combo deck all right you want to draw cards towards your combo and I'm just not realizing you were memeing me. So I'm going to move on to the next one. Let's talk about <laughs> Arcane Overflow. Let's talk about a 5-mana spell that says deal 8 damage to an enemy minion. Summon a remnant with stats equal to the excess damage. So this is Power Crept Flame Lance. I can't believe they had done it. Um, I know. <laughs> if I hear that one more time, I, I'm not going to have any hair left. Because you cannot power creep a bad card. Like, if, if a card's... If, if a card that never sees play... Gets power crept. Does anyone notice? But well, the answer is yes. But those people are outrageous and like, like it, yep. a, a bad cards exist. Better cards come later or sometimes before. Like that's just how card games work. Like not every card is of exactly equal power. This really is the the uh, card game version of like. I just uh, want to say that I got Ruffle back. All right, he got me with the meme that I didn't realize. He oh, got back. yeah. He got it back. All right. right. Anyways. I was going to say, it's the, it's, the, uh, it's the version of, you know, if a tree falls in the forest, this is the card mm -hmm. game version of that. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be real. This is a better Flame Lance, but it's still not very good in our format, so. Yep. It It's a better Flame Lance, but it's still a worse rolling fireball, so where's all the concern? <laughs> where's all the cries about, like, why is it worse than rolling fireball? Like, it's, like, that's just how cards work. It would... It's not interesting if every card is of the exact identical power level. All right. Don't mind me just looking at what Rolling Fireball does again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. That was a card that was run in decks on purpose for quite a while. This card uh, kind of reminds me of Vile Spine. Is, is that kind of a weird comparison? I don't know. If you're killing something kind of smallish, it sort of makes a similar size body, but it, it it's not good. You know, <laughs> like, you know it, kills those, gone. Yeah. it kills those 7-7 seven, seven quest rewards, man value it's a good card and leaves it with a nice juicy one one yeah dude I mean, it's value yeah. come on all right speaking of value though let's talk about gray sage parrot i think a card right up ruffle and swags and mark mcz's alley got like i've already seen the tweets about infinite turns of this card um all right let's talk about what the card is actually let's talk about an eight mana six six beast battle cry repeat the last spell you cast that cost five or more okay so i mean should we get ahead of the uh, uh, the infinite turns and talk about how you do that first, or do we want to talk no, about the card? No, because you actually completely misread that card. It actually says, Battle Cry, repeat the last Yogg box that you played this game. <laughs> You're yeah. acting like the first Yogg box is not killing the opponent, though, so how are you playing this parrot? Uh, they had armor. Ah, I see. I see or I see. Ice Block. Ice Block, yeah, okay, okay. Makes sense. <laughs> um, all right, I mean, outside of the memes right okay first you can take infinite turns with this card right there's vargoth time warp shenanigans that you can do with this and potion of illusion um again the, yeah. these are memes right the, but... the problem with that 
just because uh, it it also involves educated Dalek. The problem I see with that is that you have to have a completely empty deck when mm -hmm. you start your process. And so it's like, in what world are you like playing the game where you're about to get into fatigue, let alone like survive 10 cards left in your deck? Like, so that, in, that's my primary concern for that. In I, your I mean, and Mark McZee's world, that's when this happens, all right? <laughs> Come on. It doesn't happen in my world anymore. It's sad to say, like, turn 10 is just as much a myth for me as it is for you <laughs> so yeah this card is trash so let's skip it like like so just don't skip the evaluation just skip on to all the cool stuff you can do is what i'm trying to say yeah. like talk about the vargoth the time warp like it, it's bad we don't care people are gonna have fun with this card and that's, yeah, that's great you can go do whatever you want yeah whether it's yog boxes whether it's what is it called the the scrolls of wonder right or Ooh. uh vargoth time warp with an elec a potion of illusion and a <laughs> And a Doomsayer with an empty deck taking infinite turns and pinging your opponent with hero powers or forcing a draw. Whatever you want to do with this card, have fun. It's a cool card. Yeah. It's not a very good card, but I'm, I'm looking forward to all of the highlights. And I will be watching the videos of this because that, that sounds amazing and horrible to watch at the same time. <laughs> it's going to be painful to try and pull off, but uh, I'm sure I will attempt it at some point. Yeah, just make sure Always. that it's not day one so that you don't have another one of those, what is it, uh, Demon the Hunter Yogg's oh, scenarios. No. That was brutal. Don't do not do that. The on infamous. I, I have learned my lesson from that day. <laughs> all right. Glad, glad we got that point. Um, all right. Let's talk about some actual, I think some pretty cool cards. Uh, let's talk about some of the Paladin cards. We've got Righteous Defense. This is a three mana holy spell. Set a minion. Let me restart that. Righteous Defense. This is a set uh, spell that says set a minion's attack and health to one. So it could be yours or a friendly minion. Or yours or an enemy minion, sorry. Uh, I'm butchering this and I apologize. Give the stats it lost to a minion in your hand. So I think this is a really weird card to evaluate because in theory, right, you could juice up like a charger or a really big taunt or lifesteal minion uh, while also serving as removal. I just don't know in what world or deck this currently fits in, so it's really hard to evaluate because of that. Yeah. Me? I'm, I'm, eh, I'm not very high on this one. You don't one. like this? I'm like, nah, not really. It, it, it's just the fact that it doesn't, like... It just doesn't develop anything on its own, right? Like, even if you hit a giant, you do get a lot of stats, and that's great, but there are going to be lots of matchups where this is completely unplayable. Like, it's so slow, and is going to have, like, nothing going on against Pirate Warrior, against Hunters, against... Whatever, like, it, it can be just, like, random decks, like, random Reno Mage that you queue into, and it's just not going to do anything like it's, you're never gonna have time um even if you do hit that giant and even if you do hit the giant right like even in the amazing incredible situation where you, you steal seven seven stats they kind of just throw out another giant because you spent three mana not doing anything <laughs> and uh you know it's just gonna be a rough time so i'm super underwhelmed i think by uh poor old righteous defense here yeah, I think that a lot of people get caught up in like the the upside of like ooh big stats and had big numbers. Um, but we we we've essentially seen this card before, right? Targeted, um, uh, I guess quality or whatever the um, it's subdue, which is a two mana spell. Yeah, right, subdue. Um, and like, I think people were pretty high on that as uh, Paladin removal when it was first released, announced, and like it just never really saw play. So. I think this is a really interesting and cool card, but it's hard to find a place for it. If it, the fact that it goes on to ha into hand is uh, is a bit of a bummer because, like Meow said, you really need some either rush, lifesteal, or charge to get 
any benefit from that just because you're essentially taking a turn off or part of a turn off in order to to get those buffs um now all of that said think of the potential with lady liadrin no lanessa in um libram paladin there we go with the stone tusk boar in hand as your only minion my god <laughs> um it's like that's like if you make a 2020 lanessa that's like 40 burst on the following turn that's kind of great. Cool. I, I, I'm gonna yep. be honest. You've you've picked my interest a little bit because, like, I, like I'm not even kidding here. Uh, it is interesting the thought of a faster immediate kill kind of thing than just the Idis play. So well, because I know you, you, yeah, no, I mean, there, you also get the uh, the eight eight divine shield on, so you do set up a bit yeah. of a wall in the process too, and that's a deck that can fight reasonably well for board against the uh, pirate warrior up until turn seven or so. Uh, where you have the, you know, eight mana follow or a turn eight follow up as a quick kill. Yeah, I mean, but then you're like stealing the eight eight stats instead of. Well, the you attack Lanessa with it thing. first. You attack with the Lanessa. Oh, you mean you like play, play this after you play the Lanessa? I see, I see. Right. Yeah, you're not playing it on the same oh, turn. Oh, you can't I you can't you squeeze the four. Well, no, because you can't squeeze the boar in alongside it, right? No, uh, well, if you, you play righteous you, uh, defense play... before you Lanessa, right? Then Lanessa will recast this, and then if she's like her only minion, then you can oh, like okay. give the board the like twenty twenty worth of set. Uh, okay, yeah, I suppose know? that's worth too. But you would need you would need the taunts in hand for that to be yeah uh, for that to be or in her pool for that to be worth because then you're just giving up the stats from the Leadrin. But yeah, I guess that that works too. I didn't even think about that. I wonder how it, well it, it might depend on the ordering of it. Yeah, the order is really turn. important though. So yeah. Um, I mean, also, I, if your Linus is sticking, you're very likely winning the game anyways. But, like, okay, so the theory behind this, though, so when I saw this card, like, I was like, this doesn't fit in any deck. So I was actually thinking about, do you ever take Handbuff Paladin away from, like, the, the board control route? Because that doesn't really matter right now. And go back into the, like, run six charge minions, run back the Conviction, and just use this to, like, juice up some chargers and try to kill somebody on turn six or turn seven. And, like, just go kind of, like, a combo Handbuff route. That's what I saw when I saw this card. Yeah, the the problem with that is that you're kind of planning to get behind at some point, right? Because you're like expecting the opponent to play a big minion, and then if they're playing one big minion, unless it's exactly the uh, the quest reward, they they've probably got like one or two more queued up. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I could see some potential in that. Um, like you just, but I don't know. There's still a failure right there as well with uh, running or not having the chargers that you need. Like yeah, the the Lanessa idea is fun. I don't think this card is very good even there, but it's probably the most like fun creative application. But yeah, I don't, I'm not really into this yeah. card. Well, I, I I just figured it was really interesting because it was an effect we had seen before, and I wasn't really sure where it fit, which yeah. made it really hard to evaluate. But all right, we're not very happy with Righteous Defense. What about Sunwing Squawker? This is a card I'm very happy with. This is the third card in the cycle of parrots. We've got a four mana three four Paladin Beast. Battle cry, repeat the last spell you've cast on a friendly minion on this. AKA, this is a 4-mana 5-5, five, five, draw a card with Hand of a Doll. So, <laughs> how do you guys like uh, Sunwing Squawker? Uh, I think it's close to uh, the best... Or maybe it is the best Squawker we've seen so far. Or the best uh, um, Parrot. Like, it certainly has some potential. Um, I don't know, it's an even-cost card, so... Maybe uh, even buff Paladin can uh, 
be a thing with some holy spells the conviction and and whatnot um as well as uh, like even just landing a blessing of kings on this would be great uh to it would be pretty satisfying to have a pile of stats uh fly onto the board and then you die the next turn but um i think that yeah yeah it has some potential because like buffing minions is what paladin does right and in particular like like you said uh, hand of it all alone is um very good uh but there's you know a lot like that's like half of paladin spells it feels like are do something that works with a sun wind wing squawker i think it's a cool card works in uh librams as well so yeah i really like it in libram just the fact that you might be able to get that extra libram of wisdom in your like sort of pool um developed so that's really good um yeah i don't know pretty solid uh seal of champions is sort of like the big three drop buff that kind of comes to mind uh if you get that developed on three then all of a sudden you end up with a you know a four mana six four divine shield i mean that's pretty beefy but um i don't know uh decent card like it in libram not really sure if it matters that much is the thing as somebody who's played a lot of Libra and Paladin recently, I actually really do like this card in Librams just because it feels like in Libra and Paladin you've got a bunch of one drops and you've got a bunch of like five drops and you have nothing to do on turn three, turn four, which makes me really like this card because it's something proactive to do in that mid game. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even like, okay, if the baseline is like Hand of a Doll, right? Instead of getting a Libra of Hope or a Libra of Wisdom, like we were talking about scaling, right? Where like it's fine early, like it's good early. And then if late game, if you can, like, plan around getting another Libram of Hope, like an extra 8-8 Divine Shield taunt because you played it on a minion the turn before, like, that's just absolutely insane. And so I, I really do like this card. It's going to force me to cut Cornelius Room because I was still holding out hope that oh, it was going to no. be okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, you... card how did far you behind are you, dude? How, how, like, how <laughs> far behind are you? Dude, I'm, I'm forcing myself to have some fun in this meta, and if that requires me running Cornelius Room, I am going to... The la this is the last Bastion of Hope. All right, Leaving Paladin was the only you. deck he was okay in. All right, so I'm also. How do we how do we feel about Blessing of Authority? Like we uh we play that on five, play this in a two drop on six. That's a big pile of stats. What is that? I can't do math. Four man eleven uh, twelve. Sure. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can. I'm down. Yeah. I like this. All right. So I yeah. I mean I think we're looking at a lot of Libram like Libram Paladin cards here potentially. Um. I say a lot, but Sunwing Squawker. I mean, we're in a mini set. That's, one's a lot, right? <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about Wealth Redistributor. Five mana, two eight, Pirate. With Taunt. Battlecry, swap the attack of the highest and lowest attack minion. I, I don't know how to evaluate this card. I, I really don't. I do. I do. It only takes one word. Based. So you're gonna say comrades, but um, <laughs> I mean this, this, that also works. Um, I don't know. I kind of like this, but it's sort of an awkward situation where I don't think there's a great fit for it. But um, I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Like if you're playing against an aggro deck where they have a whole bunch of small little attack stuff, you just played like a five mana two eight taunt. Like you played an eight health taunt. Like that's not terrible. And if you're playing against something bigger, like let's say you're playing against an even warlock. I mean, five mana for an 8-8, eight eight, and you reduce the other minion down to, like, uh, two attack, like, into a 2-8. Like, that's a pretty good tempo swing. Um, I think it's decent, but, eh, again, you know, decent. It's another awesome arena card, I, th I think. Yeah. Kind Is there thing. any way to tutor pirates and paladin? 
Like, is there any way to consistently have this on five? Uh, I don't think so, right? Paladin card draw, Paladin card draw. Um, nothing. I don't, I don't really say it. All right. So, Squawker, I think the highlight of the Paladin cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of upside with that card. Uh, so let's talk about Priest, some more cards that have a pretty significant upside. Let's start with Defias Leper. This is a 2-mana 3-2 Pirate and Priest. Um, Shadow Priest, immediately, first thought. And then you read the text, and then absolutely 100% it's going in Shadow Priest. This is a battle cry. If you're holding a Shadow spell, deal 2 damage. So it's to anything. I think my initial instinct is this is a 2-mana 3-2 Pirate in Agro Priest, which is pretty good. My main concern is do you have enough shadow spell density to have that effect online enough but then i also realized that it's like just bonus i think when you have it online because i feel like a two mana three two pirate is really good anyways in in that deck just you don't i think with canon in that deck i i like it more than stuff like wriggling horror and traveling merchants you think blood raider you think blood raider is close to making the cut here mia if that's the baseline, like, this is a... Bloodstone Raider's a 2-3 with no upside. This is a 2-minute 3-2 yeah, yeah, with We're talking about, upside. like, vanilla. Like, like vanilla baseline. Like, the baseline's terrible. If this is the baseline and you're not getting the effect, you're really, really sad. I do think, though, that it doesn't matter. I, I personally am very high on this card. I'll say that much. Um, because uh, a big part of what Shadow Vision's... Uh, not Shadow Vision. A big part of Shadow Priest... Um, is the fact that your shadow spells uh, tend to stick around in hand for a while. <laughs> like, you, you, you've got the shadow visions that just sticks, and then you have the, the mind blast, which sticks. Uh, the raised dead's kind of the only one that you vomit out there. Um, but it means that it's much more likely that you still end up with cards in hand by turn four, five, six, if you do top this, top deck this a little bit later. And so this doesn't even have to be necessarily like a turn two play. If it is active on turn two, great, awesome. Um, if it's not, then you know you, you can draw it later and it's very likely to be active uh the scepter is also a little bit of added consistency so i really like it i like having the extra pirate I, I think it makes cannon better which can sometimes be a bit of a a bit lackluster in the deck um so yeah i i think this is really good i played a lot of shadow priest today on my climb to a diamond five uh, for the beginning of the month and um yeah I, I came to the same conclusion when i was kind of like thinking about uh this card is first of all twilight deceptor like puts the activator <laughs> in hand second of yeah. all um even not running it like i was running two shadow spells but they're pretty consistently some of the cards that i was holding the longest um in that deck in raised dead and in particular mind blast so i don't think it's going to be like mind blast is pretty regularly the very last card you will ever play in that deck so like with that in mind, it, it just seems like a, like a pretty good uh, um, card to in- include in the deck, right? Two mana, uh, make a, a Bloodfin Raptor and shoot for two. Um, it almost gives you like a, a pseudo free hero power, which is important in those board based mirrors, in particular Pirate Warrior. Um, like there are a lot of times where I had to choose between developing a minion and like pinging off a, an opponent's minion. With this card, theoretically, you don't have to make that choice, and so it's kind of like a, a almost a tour guide type uh, situation. Yeah, it's like a Merc Spark Eel or a Fog yeah. Sail Freebooter or a I don't even know what the Murloc is that does the same. It, those cards are always good. My main worry was how how consistently is it active, but I think baseline. I think I'm still happy running this in Shadow Priest. 
even if it's like 50% of the time I'm dealing two damage. I think I'm still okay with that. I don't think it's going to be 50%. I don't think it's going to be 50%. I think it's going to be higher. (laughs) I was, when I was initially evaluated this card, I was like, even if it's only on half the time, I'm still happy with it. And I think what you guys are telling me is that it's going to be a lot higher than 50%, which makes me even more excited to play this card. All right, so let's talk about uh, the next one on our list. We've got Amulet of Undying. So this is a three mana tradable Shadow Priest card. Wait. This is a three mana tradable shadow spell for priest. There we go. Uh, it says resurrect one friendly death rattle minion. And then we see kind of the first uh, of these kind of key words on these tradable spells where every time that you trade it, you get a special effect. And so this spell says that when you trade it, you upgrade the spell. So basically, instead of resurrecting one friendly death rattle minion, you will resurrect two friendly death, uh, death rattle minions when you draw this card again. Um, so, am I wrong in thinking, so, Big Priest, some of these lists were running one copy of Mass Resurrect in their list, um, am I wrong in thinking that it's just like, if you are still running Mass Resurrect, this card just straight up replaces Mass Res in those decks, because late game, like, you can trade this away early game to actually find your Shadow Essence, find your good cards, and then late game, it says... Three mana, resurrect three or four scrapyard colossuses. So I don't know how you guys are feeling about it. I know Big Priest is not a super popular archetype <laughs> amongst the three of us, but I, I don't. When I saw this, that's kind of what I was thinking uh, for Amulet the, of Undying. The conversations I've seen around this have been like suggested, including not only more minions but more bad minions, to the point where like I'm not seeing it, but also like. You talk about getting to the late game, and for like yes, memes games end early, but like for big priest in particular, if you make it to the late game in the current wild landscape, like that's GG. You don't you don't need to uh, bring back scrapyard. Um, I I'll counter that. I'll counter that because I, I I will say I've been playing a significant amount of big priest for THL. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I brought it a lot because you would ban out hunter. And, like, you can avoid stuff like the Druids, the combo the combo decks in the format, right? And you would bring it because it was decent into stuff like Evenlock and Pirate Warrior. You, the reason that Mass Resurrect was... I brought it up was because you would run it because it's kind of insane, but Evenlock and Reno Evenlock have an obscene amount of refill that you kind of need the Mass Resurrect. And so it's not really necessarily, like, make it to the late game and you kind of guaranteed win. I don't think that's necessarily the case right now so in the meta. It- but it's been it's been a while since I played the big priest even lock matchup, but in my experience, like the the removal is what wins that matchup, not the not the minions necessarily. So I don't know that this moves the needle on that and enough to where like first of all, you have to have a very specific minion die that you don't want to run more than just scrapyard colossus in your death rattles uh, IMO. Then you have had to have had traded this multiple times over the course of the game, and. Like, it can't bring back a Vargoth, which bringing back a Vargoth off of Mass Res is uh, pretty gross. I think both cards are worse than Spellstone, and all of them are, like, for Mass Removal and then for Single Target Removal, I think that this is also worse than both Resurrect and, um, like, Eternal Servitude. So, like, I don't don't know, unless you're building your deck in a way that, like, I think just kind of makes it worse because... um, I guess the question I would 
ask is at what point in the game is resurrecting a scrapyard colossus better than resurrecting a blood of Cahoon? and like that situation is specific to like when you don't have minions left in your deck but if you're in a situation where you i don't know if you don't have minions left in your deck and the game is still going as big priest it feels like something went wrong there maybe or like it feels like you're in a atypical matchup i think is probably more likely so uh that that's my um i guess hesitation with this card in big priest so i i initially wasn't very high on this at all and it's largely all the reasons were just laid out right like the, the thinking about um the res pool like needing the scrapyard to die because if you hit essence into vargoth blood oh great this card does nothing um, and so to me it was like, oh, well, I'm already not super high on Resurrect, like the two mana spell, like why would I be playing this? Uh, comparing it to Mass Res is what I think you need to be looking at, right? Um, at least for me, that was kind of the, the comparison that I needed to make. But even then, I'm still not 100% sure because by the time, like what we're talking about, like when Mass Res wants to come online on turn 9... How likely is it that you've drawn this, you've tossed it, you've drawn it again, you've tossed it, you've drawn it again? It, it just doesn't seem very likely that you've drawn the same card that many times by turn 9. And at the same time, how likely is it that you've had many, many Death Rattles die as well? Mm -hmm. And so just the fact that it is a completely dead card, if you didn't have exactly Scrapyard as your Essence minion, if you hit Vargoth Gahoon and then Gahoon hit Gahoon or something, makes me very hesitant. I, I like it a lot more in a deck that's running something like Convincing Infiltrator or Light Shower Elemental or, you know, just like multiple smaller Death Rattle cards um, that get in the pool. But I don't really like it in current Big Priest and I don't think this card by itself pushes that medium Priest archetype, <laughs> I suppose. So, yeah, not super high on this one. Um, a lot of people are panicking, it seems like, but, you know. Yeah, oh, I, I have not heard anybody panicking. I just... Oh, I have. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised, people, okay. <laughs> people still think Big Priest yeah. is a real deck that exists in our format right now. Um, like the, the, I'll say two more things about this. I think that um, what's also important about this is it's not just good enough to have one Colossus die in order to get multiple back either. You have to, like, if you're having two to three Colossuses die, like what's going wrong that you need to bring them them back i don't like i legitimately think mass res should be a cut from the deck so like yeah, yeah. i like i'm i'm i i just don't think that more resurrect spells is what the deck needs right now if you're in a situation where you need more resurrect spells that's what shadow visions can be for like um but now that said speaking of shadow visions i'm a little bit curious to see how tradable will work with this if you target it after you trade it and it upgrades. Um, I'm curious if you'll get the upgraded version into hand because, like, of the the weird zone changing rules with uh, tradable in particular, which I think you will. I believe so. And yeah, yeah. yeah as long yeah, as you I hit the right one that is upgraded, I suppose. <laughs> is the... Yeah, as long as you yeah you even let flip. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very confident that you'll get the whatever like Res three friendly. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say about this is that it's just, it is going to be fantastic in Weasel Priest, and you cannot stop me from playing it there. Oh, we didn't even mention Boar Priest, guys. Like, <laughs> Boar Priest? No, this doesn't help Boar Priest at all. That's ridiculous. Like, you're paying three mana to resurrect one. You want to get your, you want to get your weapon online by, like, turn five or you're dead. Like, I, I've seen the Boar Priest as well. And in standard, maybe. <laughs> in standard, maybe. But, like, in Wild, we have this yeah. card called Twilight's Call. 
that does the same thing but better. Look, I'm gonna defer I'm, I'm a little boar priest. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little shaky on my boar priest gameplay. Look, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. No. The, the okay. This is the thing that everybody gets wrong about boar priest, and I I won't have any more of it. The thing that you want to do with Boar Priest is get your stupid weapon online as quickly as possible so you can bash your opponent in the face on them. That's why passing turn one isn't ideal because you want to you want to win the game with the uh, the weapon in two turns. So uh, just kill the boars. Don't do anything else. Just kill boars. Uh, all right, Ruffle dropping that uh, that board knowledge. Um, I mean, I'll just defer to you on that. I I, I will say I'm gonna try it in Big Priest, but I also like don't know where I'm gonna play Big Priest because it's miserable to play on ladder. I mean, I will say, I never thought about it as, like, replacing Resurrect. It was always over Mass Res. And I, I know I was running Mass Res in my, my lineup. In THL, yeah. yeah, in THL it makes more sense, right? Like, you can yeah. do stuff like Go Gradia, but, yeah. yeah. Alright, well, I just wanted to put that out there. I'm sorry for the, uh, you know, bringing up Refining Big Priest, and I apologize. Uh, so I'm going to go on to talk about this really, really cute cat. Let's talk about Copycat. This is a 3-mana three 3-4 three, Priest Beast. Battlecry. Add a copy of the next card your opponent plays to your hand. I hate it because it says the next card, which means your opponent can play around it, which makes me sad. Plus, it's, you know, a 3-mana three 3-4 three, Beast that doesn't really have any immediate board impact. So, so yeah. I love this card. I love this card so much. It's so cute. I love the design. I love that there's sort of like, this is the perfect version of like how I would want thief cards to be implemented. Like rather than random thoughts deal, I'd rather there to be, you know, this back and forth between the players. So I I think this is awesome. I think it's a great card in, you know, Barons. (laughs) Like if it's a very like Reno heavy meta and there's lots of grindy games, like I I could see it. But, um, you know, like you said, it's a three mana three four that just had some value. It has no board impact. So R.I.P. Cute cat or copycat. You guys keep talking about how cute this cat is, but like, are you not looking at the reflection in the water? What no, is wrong the with you? We're talking about. Come on. Yeah, that, that that thing is haunting my nightmares. Like Ruffle, that's how I look this? in the morning. What are you trying to say? <laughs> well, then there's some more nightmare uh, material for me. Thank you. I didn't know I needed that. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't. Spooky season is officially over, <laughs> and I would appreciate it if you all recognize that. Uh, yeah, this is... God, I'm, we should have been wearing Santa hats. It's officially holiday season, right? Come on. Um. Uh, anyway, I think this is a cool card, but like you guys said, it's... Yeah. yeah. It, it's like... It, it, giving your opponent control over it is really what makes it Omega bad, right? Because, like, they just give you the coin <laughs> like, like do they want to give you ice fishing or something like it's gonna be a lot of yeah. awkward yeah like really bad all right all right so let's talk uh let's move into rogue let's talk about blackwater cutlass this is a one mana two two weapon with tradable after you trade this reduce a cost of a spell in your hand by one i think Ooh. i've seen a lot of hype about this card specifically in pillager rogue um i think is what a lot of people are that i've seen online at least are, are talking about i'm sure you can do some more dumb stuff with just, like, Weapon Rogue, like Pirates, maybe, uh, with this. Um, I mean, I I don't play Pillager Rogue, so I'll, like, defer to Corb on that one. And I don't really play Pirate Rogue, so I'll leave that to Raffle. But I don't know how you guys feel about this. I know you don't I'm, you don't play much Pillager Rogue either, but I think you're I don't know how I got lumped in as the Pillager expert. Well, you, you are the you're good the player. You're the combo guy. Yeah, you're the good player that plays combo decks. Like, you have to be the Pillager guy. Come on. Jesus. Um, 
I don't know, with Pillager, um, maybe. You don't really run that many big spells. Like, you have Shroud, you have Shroud, Swindle, Potion, and that's pretty much it from that comes to mind. Um, getting Potion discounted is pretty sick. Uh, if you trade this off, though, and you hit, like, Shroud, I'm not even sure how great that is, really. Um, because, like, you just play Shroud on two, but then you often will just probably float turn three. Like, you just don't have a lot of turn two, three plays. Like, it's often just, like, here power Shroud or something. Um, so I don't know. I'm not actually sure about, like, Pillager Rogue, but... And yeah. I guess it is just, like, tempo. Like, and it's, it's a one-mana 2-2 two, two weapon. It's a lot of weapon for very little mana. That is... That is the best assessment I, I think I've seen of <laughs> this card. It is a lot of weapon for little mana. I remember when, what was it, the Black Paw thing came out in Paladin. Blood I was Claw. certain that that was... Yes. Uh, the, I was certain that the one mana 2-2 two, two weapon was going to, like, do a lot of things. Because, like, at the time, I think um, Call to Arms might have existed. People were running pirates and cannons and jugglers. And even then, the card was trash. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know... Like obviously, Rogue has a lot more weapon synergies than than Paladin, um, but I don't like. I don't know how well this is basically an odd Rogue hero power, right? Which is very yeah. good, but like what makes it very good is that it's repeatable over the course of the game. It doesn't cost you a card. Um, so if this is going to be good, it's likely going to be for the the mana reduction. And I don't know. I've like I feel. Like in the early game in particular with Pillager Rogue, I've never felt mana limited. I've felt like what I'm trying to do is, yes, use all of my mana, but like I feel like I'm card limited. And this doesn't, this helps with that sort of um, and maybe makes your card draw cheaper. So things like Shroud and Swindle, you know, aren't that bad to hit. But like, is it even that beneficial to um, to reduce the cost of a potion? Because I just like, realized I forgot about sorry evasion and cloak. I just figured I'd throw those out there because I missed those. Yeah, no, those are and those are probably relevant because that would theoretically allow you like a lot of times when you're stuck playing those, that means that you're not drawing that turn. So mm -hmm. if you reduce their cost, you could use like um, either cloak or evasion as your swindle activator and still like protect yourself while while drawing cards. So maybe there's uh, some potential there. I mean, obviously, because you need to draw very specific minions, you are running a high density of spells, but all, a lot of those spells are relatively low cost already. So um, I, mean, I don't what's... know. I'm, I'm not a Pillager Rogue expert by any means, but... I actually, like... I actually like it more, like, now that I remembered <laughs> Evasion and Cloak as, like, our actual spells. Uh, the fact that it's probably always going to be hitting or, like, almost always going to be hitting turn one uh, makes me a bit more interested in this in Pillager. Yeah. I will say... I, Pillager Rogue aside, the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm kind of just liking it as a replacement for Hook Scimitar in Aggro Rogue, just because, like, with Buccaneer, it's a 1-mana 3-2, um, and then, like, I don't know, do you, or do you run the, what is it called, the Bloodsail Corsair Raider thing, like, just play this as a 2-mana 3, like, 4-3 that pulls patches and brands, <laughs> yeah. like... I honestly, the big thing with aggro pirate rogue was that scimitar cost three mana, and if you didn't have a foxy fraud, it was a little bit awkward to play. So, I I don't know. You're talking about a lot of weapon for little stat or for little mana, and I'm just like, it, you're not wrong. And you have stuff like deadly poison that works really well. You've got buck. You've got all of these cards that work really really nicely. So like, how bad? One well, mana really? deal for. Yeah. One well, mana deal for just good. 
I mean, you've got a, you've got a lot of one minute. I, I'm skeptical just because like two turns of scimitar is disgusting. That's eight damage. Like I know it it can be awkward, but like eight damage for three mana is more than uh, four damage for one mana, and like. But the mana efficiency of what you could do with those other two cards, you could also deal. I know. With four damage. I know, but, but like you're gonna you're gonna gas out and like yeah. not being able to get the free dread corsairs is a huge deal. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like opinion. you can replace it with the four three or the two three that becomes a four three, right? If you really want to. I have no idea what card you're talking about. It's it's the classic card, the two mana two three pirate that like gains stats equal to your attack. Of your it's weapon. the oh, no, that no. he was oh, he was thinking no. about that again. It was, we okay, it up so you shadow. brought it up, and that's all I can think about, man. I'm you know, obsessed. All with you're it. all you're doing in that situation, though, is you're taking <laughs> you're taking the two mana that you save on the um, on the scimitar and putting it towards the the pirate instead. I would rather just like I would rather slam double corsair off after a raiding party uh, once I do get the scimitar online. But I think, like, I think raiding parties are something worth noting though and the fact that if you are playing like an aggro rogue deck i mean you'll never run out of that weapon draw like that's a legit problem sometimes with scimitar rogue is the raining party becomes a draw too um and the fact that you can trade this in and then you know redraw the weapon is kind of cute um i'm actually like thinking about it more I'm, i kind of want to go play aggro rogue i <laughs> i'm into this whole aggro rogue idea let's uh, go i don't know about blood cell raider sorry to I, I don't know dude that. i was just trying to figure out something i because i brought it up because i was like well when you don't run hook scimitar you lose the foxy frauds and you lose dread corsairs I, I couldn't i legitimately couldn't think of anything that's better because you had literally because you had said blood cell raider earlier in the show and that was the first thing that came yeah. to mind so it's literally your your, your fault but yeah, I but, do actually like, think writing... it has potential in, in aggro. Yeah. Like, I think you're sleeping on like one mana two two weapon is like insane. Like it's very good. Yeah, You've been down yeah, that writing, I, I... writing party and and just that that amount of damage. Like I'm into it. Like I'm bring it back, bring back aggro. It's been a while. So I I'm just saying that I've been down that road before Meowth, and a one mana two two weapon has felt very underwhelming in the past. But, like, the majority of the time, it's not a 2-2, right? Because you have Deadly Poisons, because you have Buck, because you have all of these cards that synergize with weapons in your deck. Like, I don't think it's bad. I didn't expect this card to bring out the most, like, back and forth. I know. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. Um, I do think that we've spent a lot of time on this, and we should probably move on to other rogue cards, but, uh, but let us know mm -hmm. down in the comments how you guys feel about Blackwater Cutlass. All right, let's talk about Parlay. This is a one-minute spell that says swap this card for a card in your opponent's deck. So basically, you take their uh, the Reno Jackson and you give them a uh, a Parlay in your uh, in your aggro rogue deck, right? <clears throat> um, and then you take their Gazakus and you give them a second Parlay. So none of the, so their Zephyrus is offline. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I think this is a quality meme card, but I don't actually think that this card is uh is very good. But I'm excited to get scammed by it and mauled on stream and Ugh. all that kind of good stuff it's gonna be it's gonna be Ugh. a quality time for uh, for Stop. content creation and uh and that's about it just imagine this uh. and savior savory deviant delight in the same deck like it's just disruption it's disruption just i cannot wait for this card like, it's terrible but i i love it i mean we have the foundation we have the combo disruption now we just need everything else for control rogue we're almost there yeah, we've been waiting seven years, and I think we'll be waiting another seven more. Um, yeah, I, it's a it's a fun card. Uh, let's save some time, right? We we talked forever about the cutlass. Let's uh, let's just go on to the the last rogue card. Edwin is back in standard. Uh, Edwin has been reprinted, 
He's a 4-mana 4-4 Rogue Legendary Pirate. Battle Cry, draw a card. If you play it this turn, gain plus 2, plus 2, and repeat this effect. Um, dude, I... Biteweed? Question mark? Yeah? Cute Rogue? Cute Rogue with... Oh, <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, it is worth noting, he's a pirate, so he gets drawn off of stuff like Raiding Party if you only have a few select pirates in your deck. Um, just, like, there is synergy out there. Uh, but how, how are we feeling about uh, New Edwin? Uh, I would just like to say that Edwin, as a singular card, is a 4-mana four 4-4. Four, four. Yep. <sighs> yeah, knew that Changed one was the game. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know, man. You, you, you get the raiding party, you, you get your pirate, you get your Edwin, and then you just chain off an entire deck of zero-cost stuff. All the zero-cost minions, you get some coins out, uh, shadow step, it, it's just the nuts. Throw in a and then, you, and then you conceal, and then you conceal at the very end. Incredible. <laughs> Conceal or Cult Neophyte, you could uh, run after you play the double coin, like um, that you draw off of this. Just make big Edwin, make big big Edwin, stealth them, and uh, lock the opponent out. Easy game. Okay, so going down the slightly less meme route, um, like mean, we, meme, can, we can probably, <laughs> what do you mean meme? Um, <laughs> we can probably do something with the whole like Foxy Biteweed type package. You don't have to play Biteweed if you really don't want to, but. Um, we can probably do something like the Octobot and the Field Contact and this Coins and Preps and Secret Passage. Like, uh, it is kind of like a cute little thing with something like Secret Passage, where if you get that down to zero, then, you know, maybe you draw into this off a passage and then, um, maybe you can like keep the chain going, keep refilling and stuff like that, which kind of makes it like a little bit of a, it's like a pseudo contact potentially, like even a worst case scenario of Passage, that's sort of a weird application. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty into this. Like a lot of lot of stats and um, a lot of refill. So if you have ways to cheat out mana, or just play a whole bunch of zero cost cards, then yeah, this could do some pretty pretty significant damage. I I really like this card. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like this is the the gandling uh, of cute rogue, except you can actually tutor it where you couldn't tutor gandling. So oh, maybe yeah. maybe there's something out there. Um, I mean, he's a really cool mm-hmm. card. I don't know if he'll, he'll be good. He probably won't because he's... No, probably not. He's four mana in, in Rogue, but I think he'll be really, really fun to play with, and I'm looking forward to doing that. All right, let's move into uh, into Shaman. Uh, so this is, the I believe, the last of the, the parrots, uh, and I think maybe the best of the parrots, dare I say. Uh, this is a three mana... It's so three pretty. Three. Yeah, it is. Uh, three mana, three, three, beast. Battle cry, repeat the last battle cry you played. Again, like a lot of the other parrots... It is the last one that you played. It does not have to be limited to just this turn. Um, I mean, so obviously there's like Reno Shaman, Shutterwalk Shaman shenanigans, right? That you can do with this card just because like those decks really care about battle cries. But I'm also just like wondering if you ever just run this in like what the the Galakron Shamans, right? Repeat a Galakron battle cry, repeat a Kronk's battle cry, uh, double invoke your five cost, like it just has insane synergy with like everything that shaman has been wanting to do for the past two years it feels like and so i think it's just a really really solid card yeah i think that there's just no reason to run any other doubling card anymore right like the the quest was pretty much phased out for a while now simply because like um passing on turn one is not worth the uh the upside of the the quest for just about any battle cry shaman deck um it gets you 
too far behind right now. So I think this just replaces all of the uh, the doubling effects. I think there's been some um, maybe misunderstanding about how this card is going to work, though. Like people I saw suggesting that you take a Doppels and uh, Changgangs out of your Shadowwalk Shaman now because this gives you immediate recursion. But that's like that's just not how the card works. Um, the the first Shadow you play will repeat. It, if this is in the shutter pool, the first shutter you play will repeat the previous um, the previous battle cry, not the shutter walk itself. So it's not immediate uh, infinite uh, shutter walk shaman. I'm a little bit curious how the second shot, like if say you grumble yeah. the uh, the shutter walk, how is that gonna? Or say you have grumble in the pool and you play a second shutter walk of the game with when, when the most recent like if say you chain two one mana shutter walks what's what's gonna happen there my, <laughs> my my thinking is that it won't repeat the shutter walk because shutter walk probably checks for itself and doesn't count its own battle cry like it doesn't let any shutter walk battle cry mm. go off i think that's the case because it doesn't like it doesn't like repeat the entire shutter walk every time you play a shutter walk if yeah that I, makes sense. I, I would be surprised if that were the case and even if it did like Somebody actually brought it up when I was playing Tech Shaman like a week or so ago that like Shutterwalk actually has a cap. Like he can only repeat yeah. up to twenty battle cries. I thought it was thirty. Um no, it, it, I, okay. no, I remember it was twenty because I was like, Why why is that different than Yogg? Like why not just oh. have the same cap? And so like <laughs> I was confused about that. But um no. so yeah, I don't think this is going to be game breaking like like some people thought, but uh we've certainly been surprised before, so um, that said, I think that Galakron Shaman is probably like a legitimate home for this, as is just about any like battle cry based deck. It's a one of in uh, Reno Shaman for sure, and like I don't know, I just want to play some good old fashioned Shutterwalk Shaman with this card. Any Kaliseth believers? Any? <laughs> no. Nope. No. No one's okay. No nope. shit. <laughs> uh, just me then. Just me. Just me as the Kaliseth believer. I mean, damn ice fishing, ruining my plans. I would totally play this in Galakron. Uh, Shaman with Kaliseth if uh, damn Ice Fishing Flurgle wasn't uh, an actual good combo. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cut Busted. Love it. This is such a cool card. Yeah. Very I'm cool. Excited to It'll do... be a staple. Can you imagine the dream of like Bolner coin Galaka Crawler and then like play this afterwards and just like eat everything? And like, I don't know. I think it's, it, well, <laughs> I'm excited for lot, it. Lot, just lot, so it. less excited to play Aggro Rogue now. Thanks for that. <laughs> Well, I mean, congratulations, Meowth. What you've done is you've recreated first flame, or um, what is it? Perpetual, the perpetual, perpetual flame, flame with three cards. <laughs> Shit, Perfect. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. All right. All right. Off that game plan. Still gonna play Macan every day. Like I do. Jade Rogue. Any Jade Rogue believers? Eh? Shaman. Uh, well, it's a shaman. Sorry, Jade Shaman believers. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same thing. Hello. That's it. That's actually where my mind went first too, because like, um, just scaling your jades is what that deck wants to do, and it kind of plays like Shutterwalk or not Shutterwalk, uh, Galakron Shaman, where you're just like, you're using the Shutter to build a big board, and this like makes that big board bigger. So why not? This card to me, it's funny. It's the exact same as the last three mana Shaman minion that we got in a mini set. This is just Primal Dungeoneer. Like, this is just a card that you're going to put in every Shaman deck until the, like, rest of time, until the power creep goes beyond anything that we can imagine. It's just a staple. Every Shaman deck. Great. Play it. Yep. Um, very cool. Yep. All right. Let's talk about a card that's probably not going in every Shaman deck. Uh, let's talk about Cookie the Cook. Uh, a legendary you. Murloc for, for Shaman. This is a 3-mana, 2-3 Murloc. 
with lifesteal. I think that's the first time we've seen that outside of the little 1-1, one, one, the 1-mana one 1-1 one, one with lifesteal. Um, but he has a death rattle, powerful death rattle, of summoning a 2-3 stirring rod with, uh, with lifesteal. <laughs> um, I mean, do you include this in Murloc Shaman? I'm assuming you do. I think so, but I don't know. It's so slow. I, I think you do just because of the weapon. But like the pro, if this were a battle cry, it would just be like, yeah, give me it yeah. now. Um, the but like things can go wrong with death rattles. It's certainly not a silence metagame right now. But like the the fact that it takes the slow, the, the fact that you have to lose your board to get it online is a problem. Now that said, life steal isn't irrelevant for Murloc Shaman, especially life steal on board when you have things like every fin and uh, no fin. So. I think it's just okay. I don't. I don't know. I feel like anytime I'm playing Murloc Shaman, sometimes I feel like I am a turn away from swinging this. If I could just heal a little bit, I will get there, and then I die to two Juggernaut shots. So um, maybe I, I, I'm going to try it for sure. We're, That's all. We're I'll so say. optimistic I mean, about this new legendary, guys. Like we're so excited. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, 2-3 lifesteal weapon, like we've seen that with the uh, the Warblades in DH. Obviously, DH had the ability to actually buff itself, so it kind of scaled great, but hey, we got a sick body here. Um, this is like this really solid into, I guess, like things like Secret Mage, potentially. Uh, if they don't have a Valet, all of a sudden it's awkward, and you get that constant source of healing, So, you, or even the constant weapon swing, so you can keep proccing Rigged Fair Game um, as an example application. Um, a little bit of healing can be quite good into something like Hunter, make it a lot less likely that they can counter lethal you, I suppose. But I don't know, a three mana two, like, am I going to play this? It's a three mana two, three. Am I actually putting this on the board? It's just, I don't know. Probably not, actually. Um, I don't know what I want to cut for this. I, probably not. Uh, sad times for Cookie. <laughs> I think you have to run it because of the name. I don't think you run it because yeah. it's a good card, right? It's new with a quality name. You have to run it, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't actually <laughs> like you said. It's I wish three mana. you don't run any three mana Murlocs outside of War Leader, and you don't. Yeah, we can't see we, like, yeah. we have Murkai and War Leader, and that's that's and it. that's it. Um, so like, I, I don't know. You you are right. I will say it gives you the slightest bit of board protection or like board clear protection because it leaves you with the weapon. Right? Some tempo, yeah. Um, yeah, and it is technically six damage, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, we're, we're stretching at this point. Like, I think it's fringe playable in Murloc Shaman, probably not even playable in Murloc Shaman, and I don't think it's very good anywhere else. So, I wish it had three attack. I really wish it had three attack. Three mana, three three. I mean, it would probably yeah. be really good in standard at that point if it was. But yeah, I wish. No. Yeah. Well. All right, let's talk about Sucker Hook. Four mana, three six pirate. At the end of your turn, transform your weapon into one that costs one more. Um, I literally sat there on stream like I could not figure out where this card was ever potentially playable. Like I, I think this card's just really bad. So I mean, can you guys convince me otherwise? <laughs> seems Probably fun. Got anything? I, like it just seems fun because like a lot of weapons have two charges, right? Fun, so, fun in this economy what are you doing uh, yeah i don't know like you need you need them to stick that's never happening like <laughs> all right just... let me 
let me give the sales pitch. Really good with weapons that have a lot of their uh, value tied up to the battle cry, and they have a low man low amount of durability. So, hey, uh, what about something like Splitting Axe? Uh, you play Splitting Axe on 4, you get most of that value out of its battle cry in Even Shaman, and then you play this on 5, or, uh, you, yeah, you hear power, get this on 5, you get a 5-drop weapon at the end of the turn. Now, I don't know exactly what 5-drop weapons look like, maybe they're just complete trash, but I have to imagine they're pretty okay even without the battle cry off the evolve effect. Um, and so maybe that's it? Maybe, may I interest you in some Jade Claws? Hey, we, we want to do Jade Shaman. You get a three-drop weapon and stuff. But, like, is uh, part of Jade wanna... Shaman wanting that rummaging cobalt yeah. to get more claws, and then you, like, are diluting your weapon pool with really crappy weapons? Stop picking apart my sales <laughs> pitch. This is, come on. What well, we it's doing? a really crappy sales pitch, Corvette. Come on. <laughs> it's a crappy yeah, card, Meowth. What do you want me to say? All right. <laughs> I want you to say let's just move on to the good cards in Warlock, okay? Is that Okay. Okay, let's talk about Dark Lord Warlock. Yeah, all right, let's talk about Dark Lord Warlock. <laughs> let's talk about Shadow Blade Slinger. This is a one-mana 2-1 pirate. If you've taken damage this turn, deal that much to an enemy minion. So this reminds oh. me of Prize Plunder <laughs> in Rogue, but it's in Warlock. In, uh... Dude, are you just, like... Like, I'm assuming Dark Lord Warlocks are not even running Dark Lord anymore, like, because it's, I like, too it slow. Today. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I think this yeah. card's still just, like, nuts in that deck, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was playing a lot of Dark Lair today uh, without the Dark Lair. I just called it Handlock. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Um, I kind of, like, oh, it would have been sort of fun seeing this card back in the uh, the prime Dark Lair days. I don't, I don't think I'm fun picturing... is the right word there, dude. I, don't, I do not no, think fun I, is I, the... <laughs> I'm picturing the mirrors just being super weird because, like, no one wants to play their giant because if you play giants, they just get eaten up by the slinger. Like, it, it, like players just keep reloading with slinger. I thought that would have been quite uh, hilarious. Um, but yeah, like, one mana, two, one, battle cry, deal eight damage uh, to a minion. That, that seems pretty strong. Um, it, it makes like the 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 necessity to draw broomstick um, like less of a big deal, right? Because you have another thing that can sort of deal huge board swings. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, it's just so easy to make this really, 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 really good. Um, yep, I just say it as like another broomstick, which in some situations is better. Obviously, into like an eight eight, the fact that you can just snipe off a mountain giant, insane. Um, worse than the others into wider stuff, but generally should be quite good yeah um i just checked and otters who uh i believe finished rank six uh legend with uh dark glare had the same idea he's um basically planning on going minus uh dark glare plus this uh once it yeah. releases and um i'm oh, okay <laughs> i'm very grateful that we did see some nerfs to Dark Lair, otherwise, like, this could be a huge thing. I'm also now happy that Dark Lair is being cut from the deck because my brain was far too small to play that card properly, and um, you just significantly dropped the skill cap of that deck, and I feel much better about uh, my chances of, um, you know, with Dark Lair Warlock. So I feel like, you know, I can... Uh, I can take my safety helmet off and put uh, and queue up some Dark Lair Warlock. For the first time ever? Uh, I believe so. I think I've fumbled through it at some point, I'm sure. Uh, but I think I hit it in, like, Disco Warlock, where I'm just, like, 
mess where it doesn't matter that I'm messing up the turns because I'm floating mana out of cards anyway. Where like I don't think that I've ever tried to learn um, like the proper dark glare. Oh man, when I had Penflinger, oh I misplayed every turn. It was great. It was amazing. <laughs> I think everybody did, uh, save yeah. for like <laughs> maybe Hijo got it right every now and then, and Memnark as well. Yep, Shadow Blade Slinger, moral of the story. Very, very good card. Thank God they nerfed Dark Glare and Flash Giant. That's all I gotta say. Um, let's talk about Wicked Shipment. That makes me sit here and say, thank God they nerfed Blood Bloom, and I hope that they, uh, you know, maybe nerf it again, because holy crap, dude. Alright, Wicked Shipment. This is a one-mana spell that says summon two one-one imps. So this is like Living Roots. One-mana summon two one-ones at, at base. But it has tradable, okay? So you can trade it away, and every time you trade it away... You upgrade it by two, so then it becomes one mana summon four one ones, and if you can somehow do it again, it becomes one mana summon six one ones, and so Raffle, your favorite deck now has the ability to play Darkest Hour again on turn four. So I hope for your sake and for many others that this does not end up being good in Darkest Hour. But God, this card is so good, dude. This is like I outside of Darkest Hour, I think it's just like good and. Any deck that cares about the the token demons, right? Like, I know we're talking about some meme decks, but like Galarcon, Warlock absolutely loves this card. Uh, Shady Bob, bartender guy, the five mana quartermaster, absolutely loves this card. Um, like, I, I think this card is just absolutely bonkers uh, in those specific decks. And so, yeah, this card's pretty good. I I agree with you, but I don't think those decks are good. I think there's maybe potential for. Dark Lair. I'm going to be honest, I misread this card the first time. I thought it was only summon one the first time. Uh, but this is much better. And now that's a little bit scarier because you really don't even need to upgrade it to go like uh, to just go Wicked Shipment into Blood Bloom, uh, um, Darkest Hour. And, you know, two big minions is kind of good. Um, it can close out the game against Pirate Warrior. I think that there's there's some potential for that as a deck to contest um, Pirate Warrior, right? You slam, you know, you're, they play Rokara. If you're alive somehow, you follow that up with a wide board of big stuff and say go. Like, I think that's the only thing that can maybe outpace the Juggernaut, right? Um, you throw some Narrow Bar Unravelers in there and you pray that you survived against uh, <laughs> Odd Hunter. Uh, it's probably not a real deck, but I'm like, it's legitimately, um, as much as I hated it when it was a real thing, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and scam some people tomorrow and, um, roll up some clickbait. So we'll Perfect. see. Um, yeah, I, I, we used to do like the sinister deal and you'd get like the lackey that summoned a two drop and then you could like play that and then queen blood bloom and get the darkest hour out on turn two um oh man that would have been that would have been great um but no looking at we, current we gotta talk day, about your definitions of fun and great dude we, we gotta we gotta have a talk after this episode well i well me we we did this whole thing last episode i'm willing to just watch wild burn at this point that's kind of what i'm uh that's where, that's where i'm at with this stuff um but the what i was saying oh yes the the, the card and more like tokeny decks i'm actually not as super into it like it's fine in like a demon token deck but i don't think it's like busted busted i think it's just kind of okay because you don't really have that many payoffs for just the the one ones by themselves except for the shady bartender and while it's a great payoff it's a little bit less threatening than like uh recruits in odd paladin because you don't have like warhorse trainer and something like that um 
and it, it's not probably that often that you're going to get benefits out of the tradable part of the effect in a more aggressive deck and so it is kind of just a couple one ones which is fine but not incredible um so yeah i, I think it's mostly i mean mostly a darkest hour card and it's insane in that deck um but that's kind of not really a deck unless ruffle has anything to do with it um yeah it's not really a deck i will also say that like i tried so hard for like a shady bartender um yeah token demon deck and it is just not good like i i that was one of the more miserable experiences i've had this expansion is trying oh. to to fight for board with just cards that are playing fair and that's what that deck does like Shady Bartender's cool. I don't think he came down once getting value just because I was behind on board every single game or losing the game by the time he would come online. Don't say that. I was so happy. I was so excited about Bob. I, I thought he was going to be okay. Me too. Me too. Uh, feels bad. All right. Well, you know, we, we're all depressed over here about Darkest Hour potentially being back. I want to say this next card, Deck of Chaos, might actually be a real card. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to put this out there. So that in uh, mm -hmm. in a week we can come back and uh, flame me for this, but we got Holebreaker, okay. Uh, shout outs to Hole Breacher fans out there in Magic. Um, same art basically, but this is a four mana four three demon with battle cry and death rattle. Draw a spell. With the obvious downside, your hero takes damage equal to its cost. But I mean, any Reno deck of chaos schemers out there, you know, just the next iteration of LPG. Yeah, yeah. You run, you run really a bunch bad. of cheap removal, and then you run deck of so, chaos. Yeah. So hold on, you. So you pay four mana for an for a three mana minion. You take five damage, and then on turn five, you play the deck of chaos, and you take ten more damage from the opponent's board because you're so far behind. Is and then you play arena one six, and everything's okay. <laughs> and you're not playing void caller either. Got to make sure that's happening. Ah oh, shit! Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it's damn. I mean, no, it's okay, dude, because it has the death rattle draw a spell, so it's it's okay, right? It's yeah, yeah. I, no, it's not. I I mean, dude, I'm I'm going to make Dick of Chaos okay one time in the not. next six years, and then we'll come back to this and we'll be okay with it. But I guarantee you, I will make Darkest Hour more successful successful <laughs> faster than you make a Deck of Chaos Warlock happen. All right, so uh... if you, I haven't I haven't played Ladder yet. If I hit Legend with Deck of Chaos Warlock before you hit legend with darkest hour i i made the mistake of hitting legend last season i am not doing it this season right. i am well. avoiding it because i i like what happens is i fall into that uh like diamond five to one range where i'm queuing into nothing but odd um hunt or diamond four to one range where I'm, it's nothing but pirate warriors and odd hunters and i'd rather just hang out at diamond five where it's safe damn couldn't bait him guys i'm sorry i tried uh, <laughs> now, I mean, this card works well with Deck of Chaos, but outside of Deck of Chaos and, and those memes, how, how are we feeling about Hullbreaker? No, you don't uh, like it. Well, you tried to bait, you tried to bait Ruffle, and now you're trying to bait both of us into saying something good about this card. Well, uh, I, I, and there's no, nothing. this is honest feelings. How do you guys feel about it's it? A, is it, is okay, it my honest feelings? It's a demon in. It's a value-based demon when Voidgaller exists. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. Double discount on Flesh Giant. Maybe you get a touch of Nath and the Drain Soul, and so you get even more cards that discount Flesh Giant. And then we move on to the Warrior cards because right, we're we done talking man, about this. Yeah, we got man the cannons. This is the uh, the Warrior spell. Two mana spell. Deal three damage to a minion and one damage to all other minions. Um, 
I mean, this is a two-minute swipe in Warrior, by the way. Um, Why? Why is it a two-minute swipe? Why? Why is this it? It's it doesn't so go good. face, so it's balanced, right? That's, that's so how this works. Good. It's, um, it's yeah, nuts. It's, it's really nuts. good yeah. in decks that don't exist. Is the, the hey, caveat. Man, are you uh, it's, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I was about oh, to say no. that this is fantastic in Even Warrior, and you're just going to tell me that's not a real deck? Oh my god, I forgot all about Even Warrior. I was thinking about Dead Man's Hand. I was oh about my to say, god. you're going to tell all the cultists out there their deck doesn't exist? Absolutely, I will. That, that part I'm not scared. <laughs> it's the Even Hunter cult. I mean, the Even Warrior cult. That's the part that scares me. Those guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Also, me. Recruit Warrior loves this card. Um,. I'm running out of decks. I, I got nothing else. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, recruit warrior, like big warrior, legitimately does love this. Like yeah. this is incredible early game removal between this and minefield. Like those cards in tandem as well, super, super, super strong. Um, but yeah, we need mana cheating. <laughs> like we need, we need, uh, we need a little bit more mana cheating in that kind of deck. Um, even like dead man's hand didn't actually end up playing. Uh, minefield very much like it was sort of on the fringes so kind of makes me a little bit hesitant especially when we have risky skipper so we already have like a very clear defined right answer to sort of wide board so i'm not really sure like really strong card don't see it home um maybe i'm missing something i think it'd be a lot better if blood cell deck can still had one health because it would be great against yeah, ships cannon and pirates right <laughs> yeah. it's so good against ships cannon pirates if only if, if only. only yeah all right. Well, I mean, I think this is a very good card to keep an eye on in the future. Like, I think it's absolutely nuts if those decks ever get a card that makes it, like, if there's ever a card that makes running Recruit Warrior or, like, a Risky Skipper Combo Warrior or Dead Man's Hand worth running, I think this card is going to be very good in those decks. I think we're just very far away from that point, which means this card's not going to see play, but I think it's very powerful. So, Patron Warrior, Patron Warrior 2024. Dude, you can hit your right. own patrons. I was just yeah. you, especially with that first portion of it. Yeah. Just yeah. hit three damage <laughs> to a patron. Yeah, seems that good to me. Good. Yep, sounds good to me. All right. Oh, we talk. can. Uh, I just realized. Sorry, we can we can hit frothing and double proc it. There we go. Or uh, oh, it's just all other minions. Damn, never mind. Yeah, I mean that's still damn. a lot of procking though, right? Because like uh, other minions buff the frothing too, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I oh. thought I thought we had a great way of killing it off though, but yeah, never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Alright, let's move on to the card that everybody says, speaking of killing off, is going to kill off the wall format. Let's talk about Defias Cannoneer. Everybody's freaking out about this card in Pirate Warrior. It's a 3-mana 3-3 three three pirate. After your hero attacks, deal 2 damage to a random enemy twice. Uh, that means this can hit face, by the way. Uh, it can also be summoned off the Juggernaut. Um, you can also just like run it in your deck as that 29th and 30th card in Pirate Warrior. Um, so I will open the floor here. All of the Doomers on Twitter and Discords and Reddits freaking out about this card in Pirate Warrior. Are they right? Uh, probably not. Um, so uh, let me just say that uh, I've gone on a journey with this card. I think at first I thought it was like, oh, that's bad um, and just straight bad because three mana cards in Pirate Warrior and also you have like two weapons and um, or like... You have one weapon and two cards that generate a, a weapon. So unless you're curving exactly first mate into this, it's not that likely that you're able to curve this out and actually get it active on turn three. So there are some downsides to it. Um, 
that I think people are maybe overlooking just because they're fixating on like the good things that this card does. The good things that this card does are disgusting. Um, I've I've thought about it a little bit longer and realized, uh, first of all, like Miao said, you're probably stuck uh, playing one three mana card in your pirate warrior that is not um, captain or anchor, just because like you start running out of relevant pirates unless you're running something ridiculous like blood sail raider. But who would ever even consider that card in any deck? Um, so you're probably you're probably stuck running a three drop. I think this is probably your best uh, three drop, um, just because like. Where I see it as beneficial is that it really is disgusting uh, in terms of swinging the board back into your favor, which is uh, something that Pirate Warrior can have difficulty with um, because, like, it's two free cannon shots. It's like it's like a um, ship's cannon into, like, one-drop pirate plus patches, I like, which is pretty gross for board-based openers and hard to respond to. Um Another downside, though, is there aren't a lot of board-based decks right now. So, like, where it matters is maybe in the mirror, which, you know, is a substantial portion of the metagame, so it matters. Um, all of that is to say that it is still a three-mana card that probably gets you to the Juggernaut slower, which probably means you're not terribly happy to draw it, and you would rather just have hit uh, your one-mana and two-mana minions off of your Ankar early in the game. So... Um, unless you're in one of those situations where you need to swing the board back in your favor, um, I I don't know that this is like that game breaking of a card. I will still say that it's probably your best bet at the uh, um, as a as a three drop and is probably pretty disgusting and pretty frustrating in mirror matches. But that said, it's very very difficult for a single card in a deck with cards as powerful as Pirate Warrior to like dramatically increase the the win rate as much as people i think um are anticipating this will this is not going to be the thing that that breaks the deck because the deck is already quite frankly broken you're you're substituting a good pirate for another good pirate in this and like it's close to a lateral move i think uh if not a, a marginal uh upgrade i would say i think it's i don't know yeah, I uh, I went through a similar journey where I saw it and I was like, guys, we all know how we feel about three mana pirates, right? Like we hate those things. Um, but I don't know. Like it, it, there is some awkwardness where if you don't hit the first mate, it's like, are you playing this after the anchor? In which case, you swing with the anchor, then you play this, then you swing with the anchor, and then it's like you get this procked, but then the freebooters, the deckhands, those can't get procked anymore. So that's a bit awkward. Are you playing this before the anchor? And it's like not getting a proc off it either um, on the turn that you play it, in which case you just played a 3-3 three, three for 3. Um, so I don't know. I I, I I might actually be lower on the cover than Ruffles, <laughs> where I'm not even sure if it's the best 3-mana pirate available. I think the 3-4 that gets plus 2 attack is something that's similar. Um, this does scale better after the Juggernaut comes down, where it becomes a must-kill target. And does, I, I like, don't a ton of immediate damage, but I don't think the cards you play after the Juggernaut matter, though. Like, you know, like... exactly. I don't think it's that relevant. So I'm really not sure. Like, if you do get that first mate, it's awesome. If you don't get the first mate and you just have the anchor, then it makes the anchor and this sequencing a little awkward. It just takes away like the freebooter or deckhand because you do have to swing. It's not like you can have the weapon like freebooter or deckhand. You actually have to give it up. 
Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. All right, you know, I've gone out on a limb on a lot of cards here tonight, and I think I'm going to do it again. I, I disagree with you, too. I think this card's really good. Um, mm -hmm. So I will say, you have a quest that tutors a weapon. You have first mates that give you a weapon that has three durability, and I think this scales better than any other three drop or card that you're considering for that last slot Empire Warrior so much better than anything else post-Juggernaut. And, dude, that's four damage. Like, that's a lot of damage if you like play this on three with a first mate and like i think what you do now is you're 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 hard mulliganing even harder is that even a word you're hard mulliganing even harder for the the first mates the uh the deckhands the the two twos to make this card like i'm okay delaying my anchor on turn three turn four to play this if i have a first mate up you know i i so, do think it's so much better than the other three drop options that you have i don't think the card is absolutely busted but i think the card is very good oh that, that that's the same conclusion i came to i don't i like i think that people are over uh are overrating this card i think i think it's still very good and like the fact that you can make an the fact that we're all pretty much in agreement that yeah you play this card in a deck with 30 very very good cards already like is indicative of the fact that it's a um a, a good card i think that what it does is it probably makes you favor um, Nazos first mate in some situations over the uh, the Bloodsail deckhand when like the, I mean the nuts opener used to, like for the the longest time in any warrior deck was just Nazos first mate. It was like the the OG um, turn one rigged fair game like in the way that it swung matchups. And I think that um, I mean now you maybe just reconsider favoring that over the uh, the um, blood sailed deckhand which i think was uh kind of you know more favorable on turn one for getting the anchor down one thing that i'll push back on a little bit though is like saving the anchor so that you can get value off of this has like consequences over just like well i'm saying uh, not saving the anchor specifically for this but like if i had the choice of playing an anchor on turn three or this on turn three like i if i have a first mate i'm very happy playing this and i think it's better than anchor on turn three in that situation which is what i'm okay. saying I, I think the yeah. cannoneer we're talking about the 29th and 30th cards in pirate warrior right mm -hmm. and i disagree that there are 30 very good cards i think there are 28 very good cards and i think there are two mediocre cards that you run in that last slot i no longer think that there are two mediocre cards i think now you have 30 very good cards in pirate warrior because you now have the cannoneer yeah, and I, I think that that's like not too far off from where I'm at. But I think that what I think people are not considering the fact that you have to pay, you do have to pay mana for some of these cards, and paying three mana to this and then following it up with an Ankar, and if you don't hit the first mate, means that that's probably delaying your um, like trying to squeeze this in instead of getting the Ankar online. Or trying to squeeze this in and get value off of the cannon shots instead of getting the anchor online and hitting your one drop pirates could delay your uh, Rokara by at least a turn. Like, and that's that's a big deal in the mirror as well because if the opponent gets their uh, juggernaut online before you, you're probably not coming back from that situation. So, like, I think the, there there are consequences to having just to spending three mana on a singular pirate. That um, so th that's I think that what people need to consider. So unless you're just going for the the straight kill em game plan with this and or um, like South Sea Captain, like uh, which is a legitimate game plan in the deck, um, you, you know that that is something that you do have to consider.
I mean, Corp was giving us the face that he like absolutely disagrees agrees with us. We, we no, haven't changed it, your mind. it's just, it's just like, what happens if you don't hit the first mate? <laughs> that, that's just my biggest fear. Well, if you I don't have, like, like you're never. Card. I, <laughs> if you don't have the first mate, you have the anchor, right? And then you're like, yeah, but I don't think it's very good if you have the anchor, like, uh, or it's not necessarily that good if you just have the anchor. Because, like I said, if if you just have the anchor swing. If you play this before the anchor, then you just play the three mana three three, do nothing. And if you play the anchor first, then assuming you want to swing with the anchor the turn that you play it, which I assume you do, then you only get one swing out of it. That was your like one shot, and uh, and you gave up the anchor durability, which makes reboot a deckhand not work either. So at that point, like three three swing with anchor, deal two damage randomly. I guess that's pretty okay. I guess that's fine, but. Is it even better than, like, the 3-4 that gets an extra 2 attack? Like, it's a bigger body, and you give up 2 attack, but it works without the anchor being equipped. And that's sort of the hesitation that I have. I guess, like, the more thinking about it, the, the first mate high roll is pretty extreme. Like, it is very, very good if you have the first mate. So, um, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll try it. Like, I'll try oh. it over the 3-4. I just don't feel like it's... I just don't feel strongly about it being good. And I think I would lean towards it being not good enough. But I yeah. think I think regardless of all that, like we're basically Yeah, we're very, all the we're in the same right? region yeah. with this card. But like this is not the card that makes that like further increases like one of the historically the best decks in our format that much further, right? Like a single card doesn't give or especially of this caliber, doesn't necessarily give two to three percentage points or even a singular percentage point uh, on a deck that's already that far ahead of everything else. And in particular, is that far ahead of everything else, not necessarily because of the numbers and car or text on the cards that is included in it, but because of the, the reward for playing those cards, right? So, Yeah, it's not going to be the card that makes them ban the quest in Wild, no. right? So, all right. I think we have spent way too much time on this card, but it was yeah. a very polarizing card, I think, in the public's eyes. So I felt like it was warranted that we spent a lot of time on it. Um, I, I think we can go ahead and skip past this Blacksmithing Hammer. I'll, I'll just mention it real quick so that people know what it is, but it is a 4-mana 5-1 weapon with tradable. Every time you trade it, you uh, gain two durability, so you can become a 4-mana 5-3. Uh, we have Ankar, and so there's kind of no reason that you ever run any other weapon. So, I'm, as unfortunate as, as that is, like, there's kind of no other reason to run any other card so let's go into the neutrals uh we have i i will say before we even touch on this card i absolutely hate the concept of this card because they are printing a bunch of pirates into the set which means that all you want to do in wild is run galaka crawler and then they print the anti-tech tech card which makes me a little bit mad but we've got a uh, a galaka glutton this is a three minute two three pirate battle cry destroy a beast gain plus one plus one i absolutely hate this card I don't even oh, think it's I, gonna be good. It's not gonna be good, I, and I'm not gonna. It's not gonna see play. But I absolutely hate that this card got printed. It's it's gross. I think it's hilarious. Food I chain decks. No. Like <laughs> no, they, it, it's dumb. It's terrible. It's it's a spider tank. If it's a conditional spider tank, spider tanks alone are already bad. Like this is this is not at all comparable to Galaka Crawler. Nobody's gonna run this card unless they accidentally generated off a of Sky Raider. Like oh, Raider, Raider into Galaka into Galaka Glutton. Oh yeah. my god, it's gonna be incredible. <laughs> that that's gonna be an absolute nightmare. But um, like, um, again, pirates with bad stats just make the the juggernaut worse. There are a lot of very bad pirates in this 
that are maybe not that bad. They've got they're mid range stats. Stats, stats went up. The stats went yeah. up. Stats, stats, went, up. stats went up. But like you do get a little bit less consistency, so you're not necessarily going to get the crags and uh, cannoneer high rolls that people are expecting as frequently. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people are gonna generally run it, but you know that somebody's gonna like be running it out of spite, just like plate breaker or sticky fingers, and you're gonna get hit by it as a streamer, and you're just like gonna tilt out of your mind, and it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely gross. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the next card. Let's talk about multicaster four mana three four pirate battle cry. Draw a card for each different spell school you've cast this game. Um, so I actually went through when I saw this card, and like, what classes have a bunch of spells? Like different spell schools. Like, priest doesn't want it. Shaman doesn't really want it because you're kind of biasing yourself towards nature. Because dungeoneer is like an absolutely absurd card. Um, you have like mage, right? Is the one that comes to mind because of the quest. But that deck wants to be running nothing but spells. So like, I really couldn't figure. Like, druid only wants nature spells. Like, where the hell does multicaster fit right now in the format? Like, I don't think that there is a home for this card. I don't know I, uh, if you guys saw something that I didn't. Oh, I saw some hype. I saw some hype about uh Renounce Darkness Warlock Meowth because the uh the Renounce is uh is holy and then um you run the other shadow and fell and then bam you just transform into another class and you get your uh your arcane and your nature and all of a sudden it's a draw five. Anyone? As the resident <laughs> Renounce Darkness expert, I will remind you. I had a 400% win rate going with that deck uh, at the beginning of my stream with it. Um, no, you do not want that this card in your Renounced Darkness deck because it is a neutral card. And the thing about Warlock, in particular Warlock in the early game, is it has life tap. So cards are not like the thing that Warlock is missing. Yeah. I will um, say, I think yeah. five years in the future, we could be looking at this card that's like pretty absurd. I was like a four mana three four like draw three or draw four, but I do not think we are anywhere close to that right now. Uh, but yeah, maybe yeah in the th future this can this can definitely be like with enough cheap spells in mage or like I don't know like eventually at some point if it becomes a, some like on curve consistently drawing four cards or something then great. It kind of reminds me of Corpse Taker as this like. I don't know, something about it. <laughs> Just, like, bringing it together a whole bunch of these, like, different types of effects, whether it was keywords on minions or spell schools for the spells, and sort of building around it like that for this cute little four-mana payoff. Um, reminds me of that, but, yeah, not really suited to anything in wild. Maybe if they, like, widen the spell schools, like, they mix and max match a little bit more down the road, like, give each class a little bit of extra stuff i don't know if they will do that like i don't know how that works with the whole flavor and lore of everything but um yeah this needs a little bit of more diversity in each class i think this card to me reminds me of countess ashmore where everybody constantly <laughs> yeah. says that eventually just trust me this <laughs> card will be good just trust just wait you wait <laughs> And then it never happens. So like, I'm still waiting Aww. for Countess Ashmore. I like that's that's the vibes I get from this card. I was yeah. in that statement, and I don't like that. So we're gonna <laughs> yeah, I'm tagging this photo. Let's yeah. let's move on. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about Maddest Bomber. All right, before I even read the text, this card sucks, so but it is a quality quality meme. All right, yeah. so you had Mad Bomber, you had Matter Bomber, now you have Maddest Bomber. This is an eight mana epic, nine eight minion. 
Battlecry, deal 12 damage, randomly split among all other characters. I just wanted to say the name and, and reference it because this card sucks and we'll never see play. So let's talk about uh, Goliath Sneeds Ma- Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. I'm going to play a triple bomber deck. Can I at least say that? No. Yeah. No, I, I mean, and yes. can I at least can I can I sign off on this by just saying that um, I'm glad that the the team has been willing to embrace the meme a little bit more often. It definitely. seems like so I, I'm into this. Just De- just go whole, whole meme. I was so confused when I saw that there was only one epic in the entire like set, and then it kind of all started pieced together. Mad bombers are common. This gets upgraded to rare and then to epic, and just all perfect. It's it's a Pokemon evolution. You know, we've heard that Pokemon comparison with mercenaries, and uh, the team really leaning into that. I think. Yeah. Wait. So eventually we're gonna get Matterist bomber, legendary. Well, we're gonna get mega mega bomber. Mega bomber. Deal <laughs> thirty damage randomly split among all characters. No, grammatically, grammatically, Matterist is uh, is correct. Yeah, so I, I, I think that so. will be where it goes. But so, are you going to run Shutterwalk in that deck though? With like, yeah, yeah Quest Shaman with the Quest w- with and the, the Mini Parrot. Oh, yeah. all right, okay. Actually, I'm glad you said that because that actually sounds really fun. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about. We have two legendaries left. Let's talk about Goliath Sneed's masterpiece. Uh, Sneed's old Shredder reference, by the way. Um, eight mana, eight eight mech. Battlecry, fire five rockets at enemy minions that deal two damage each. You pick the targets. So I think this is this is really weird. I don't know if we've seen an effect like this, where like you cast it, and then as the battlecry, you like choose the five targets. I don't really know how that's going to work. Um, but that being said, I don't think the card's very good. But <laughs> like, it's a cool effect, and it's the first time we've seen something like this. I want... Uh, what's the card? I my dream for this, and the only reason that I will ever play it is that um, what's what's the one mana do to deal two on Hunter? Brave uh, arcane shot, arcane shot. Oh, arcane I shot. want the animation to just be five arcane shots, where like I get a crosshairs that I get to place on the <laughs> opponent's face because I'm always sending all all five of them at the opponent's face. But like that's what I want. I well, want like the ruffle. I, oh no! I hate don't, to don't I hate to be him. the bearer of bad news. But these can only hit minions. God, the face. I'm so sorry that I had to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I've got to uninstall Hearthstone now. Jeez. I was picturing that with the um the locket load animation. You know, mm-hmm. just that that yeah, just beautiful. I um, like I'm I'm sure the animation is gonna be phenomenal. So maybe yeah, when hitting the minions, hitting all those yeah. minions. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to learn to read cards. Yeah. It's okay, we all do. Um, all right, so now let's uh, let's wrap up the episode. We've been going for a little bit here, but we're, we tactically left this legendary for last. All right, let's talk about Mister Smite, six mana neutral legendary pirate. He is a six five that says your pirates have charge. So we're gonna ignore the obvious Juggernaut high rolls with this card because when you get this off a of Juggernaut. That is absolutely gross, but okay. This card in normal Pirate Warrior? Like, I, I'm going to go ahead and get my bad take out of the way first. I have seen a lot of takes that say, oh, this is six mana, it's too slow, like, we don't want this. I'm currently running Crag in my Pirate Warrior, and I think this card's better than Crag in Pirate Warrior. Is it great? No. Should I even be running Crag? Who knows? But I think this card, better than Leroy, I think better than Crag. 
and I'm running Krag in my current Pirate Warriors, so I would run Smite in my Pirate Warriors, and I, I think it's pretty good, right? Like, it gives the minion that you summon off a Juggernaut charge, so it's not even just 6 damage late in the game. It's generally 6 damage plus the weapon plus the Pirate that you summon plus anything else you have in hand. So, I, I think the card's pretty damn good. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but <laughs> what do you guys feel about it? I think it's possible for it to simultaneously be a good card and be too slow. Like, I, I will agree with you that it is absolutely better than Leroy in the deck. Um, not sure about Craig, but, like, I, I spent... I, I, I initially wrote this off as too slow, and then, like, other people smarter than me were trying to make... or were you know, making a case for it being better than um, than just too slow. But, like, I tried to figure out the best case scenario for the card, and the best case scenario was consistently you play the card after Rokara comes down. And, like, like we talked about, do the cards matter after you play the Rokara? You're already theoretically getting seven to face from the Rokara. You get six more, plus you have infinity damage from the Juggernaut. Like, you're only getting a singular pirate. Pirates probably have an average of two or three attack. Is nine damage that much more, that much different? Six mana deal nine six. is still a lot, plus any pirates that it you is. have in your hand. It is, but is it a lot when you compare that to the literal infinity that you have <laughs> when once you get the juggernaut down? That's slow infinity. This is six and, mana deal. Oh, so, so once again, know. that is absolute best case scenario. And right. and it's, it's very good, right? Like, I'm not arguing that. What people, I think, consistently underestimate and don't recognize is the consequences of running a six-mana card in a deck like Pirate Warrior because you don't, you don't just magically draw it on turn six after the Ricardo comes down. Sometimes you draw it on... Uh, turns one through four and it comes off of the anchor and that it coming off of the anchor means that it's not a low cost pirate which means like we talked about with the uh the three three that could theoretically delay your rokara at least one turn and then then what like then you're playing rokara on six or seven i mean Smythe comes down on eight but like what if you're dead or behind by then like i, I like i i i concede this is a very good card but, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, especially in standard, it's going to be absurd, I imagine, right? Because it's just a Leroy replacement. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, like, Leroy plus one mana um, and some upside in, in, in standard. So I think there's no doubt that it's a powerful card. But, like, Leroy isn't even a thought in any deck right now. So is six mana burst the thing that is, like, what makes decks win? And... It doesn't seem to be the case right now. If that were true, Secret Mage would be a relevant deck. If that were true, people would be running Leroy in um, in these decks. So, yes, it's better than Leroy, but, like, is, is, it, is it still good enough because of that? There, there is an opportunity cost associated with putting this card in your deck. When you're running a uh, two copies of Harbor's Camp and, and a two swings of Ankar, right? Like, you could hit this at a time where it makes you slower on the uh the quest line yeah i'm very torn like i i really don't know um so the reach is obviously great um like after recara part worry isn't a deck that typically gets quest completed heading into a like an on-curve recover it's more often turn six uh just because the way the mana works out it's just very very 
you have to high roll super hard, but because of the anchor, you're very likely to have it on turn six, which means that very often you're going to be pairing this with a one drop. Um, so if you play this with like a small time buck, that's nine damage plus whatever random damage you got off the pirate that the juggernaut summoned. So all of a plus sudden it's weapon. like... Plus your weapon. Yeah, plus the weapon. So it's the weapon plus like 12 potentially or plus 10 plus like in that kind of range on turn seven, um, which can make a big difference against uh, like an odd hunter um, as an example. Like that's it's often a matchup where if you don't kill them that turn, you will die. And so having that huge amount of burst can be very relevant. Um, that said, I do, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all on board for a reason. That's because this card is six entire mana and uh you know getting it off the anchor and delaying that turn is so bad um currently crag gets played around turn six and a half on average and it's only held for like about two turns uh the six drop here is going to be probably held for a little bit longer than that and it does make it just a little bit awkward so i honestly don't know um i think the old hunter matchup like you try this i'm not sure but I would lean towards no, it's not going to be good enough at this point. But um, yeah, very, very undecided just because the upside is so incredible. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I mean, I'll, you, I'll counter you, that like, I'm hearing two things here. One, Craig is not great and I probably should be cutting Craig from my deck. It's the good. first thing. Craig's, Cra no, no, okay. no, Craig, Craig's strong. If you Craig, think Craig's Craig good, yeah. I would argue that, okay, in the worst case scenario that you're drawing this and you are playing a turn seven Rakara, like charge doesn't mean that they have to hit face. Like I know it sounds like it, but they can also help you recover the board a very significant amount. And I I just it does so like it is six mana, but it does so much for six mana. Like that is that is a lot of damage. Like, yeah, Meowth, if you've played Rakara and then you follow it up with this. You are hitting face because the game is over. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah, like, 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 in I, the I, mirror, I, right? Like, if they get the Rakara down a turn before you, right? Like, if you are second to play Rakara and you're having to use this as recovery, is that even the worst thing? Well, okay, it, it, I mean, it could be if the reason that you're second to play Rakara is because you <laughs> yeah. drew this. Yeah. And so, but like, like, so even, hold on, because even with the Odd Hunter example, where you're saying that you play this as a closer for Odd Hunter, well, Again, Odd Hunter gets online pretty cleanly by turn five. They kill you on turn six, right? So, like, you're already too slow into that matchup. And then this runs the risk of making you even slower into that matchup. So, I don't even, like, for getting the Juggernaut online, I, does that actually change the matchup? I think you're just bad into that matchup and you maybe accept that. Um, like, I don't know. Like, you're getting one pirate per turn from the Juggernaut. And you're probably and you're maybe playing one from from hand so you're not giving a lot of things charge necessarily to make it that much better than uh crag which comes down for oftentimes pretty significantly cheaper so um it, it, it i i don't know i'm torn on this one i either way i once just like with the the cannoneer i don't think it's going to be deck breaking because again deck's already broken um but i think i, I think this has much higher variance I also think it has much higher potential drop. than the candy. That, that's what I mean. Like, it's either not going to make a difference, but I, I can see like the potential upside being much more significant than mm -hmm. the three-three. Um, yeah, I think what I, I, I my know. my take on it is again that people often um, fixate on the upside of cards in mm -hmm. their deck building and don't because it's less apparent because you don't like feel it as viscerally as taking nine to face from uh, Mister Smite on like turn six or seven. <laughs> Um, 
like it, it's harder to recognize the the opportunity cost associated with uh running this card in your deck and drawing it at the wrong time it's like it, it it's a second patches third if you include ankar in the early game like you you do not want to draw this card and it makes your ankar you know marginally worse it makes your harbor scamps worse like it, it could it, it has downsides so it's a very good card I don't know that it's as easy an include as uh, people are making it out to be just because, um, like, I'm again, I'm having a hard time figuring out what matchups it wins that Pirate Warrior either isn't already well, winning or. Um, I I mean, you can go ahead and Corbett. You go ahead. Yeah, I, I will say the Odd Hunter. I think that the Odd Hunter isn't necessarily like turn six. They kill you as much because they don't tend to direct a lot of damage at your face it's very often that the old hunter takes at least one or two setup turns because you are at like 30 health just about and um they have to like grind you out a little bit before going for the otk and so i think i think having the potential like 12 reach is a huge deal in that matchup specifically where you can be second to the quest reward but then still have the ability to win um, even something like reno even warlock like how do you feel yeah. about that like just having that constant threat on turns eight, nine, ten, that all of a sudden you're gonna, you know, vomit out like 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 fifteen charge damage potentially. That sounds kind of spooky. Yeah, uh, I was about to say like it, the even locks and Reno even locks. Like, as weird as this is to say, like I feel like you're like not as scared of Rokara in those decks because you end up just dropping huge stats and huge taunts and then have like the big board floods. I think what Smite lets you do is it lets you get in before they get to play the Fortune ideally right or if they don't have the fortune they're at risk of dying sort of thing which i think is a huge huge deal right it could also help you get through the the forge fiend because like you said it it doesn't just have charge it gives your um pirates rush as well i think that that's a matchup where i like i'm more willing to say that like yeah you need to close that out quickly so i think that it has um i think it has some potential there but like that feels like the least common of the the big three right now at least at, at the ranks that i'm uh playing i don't know that how many people have uh, necessarily been uh, you, uh running the reno or e- do you e- want to explore e- do you want to explore mr smite index that aren't pirate warrior though is it time do i do i bring up my theories any um hook tusk believers Yes. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's so much damage. Are you kidding me? Like you play the hook dusk and you get the smite and then like let's say you get like a couple saucy captains. That's twenty-four charge me out. Twenty-four. Assuming you've yeah. not drawn any of these pirates in a Well Well you I mean... have redundancy in it, first of all. Uh the only pirate that you can't draw is Smythe smite and you have things you can shuffle them back in uh, <laughs> or this something is sounding like I don't a know. quality meme deck i <laughs> you also okay hold on you also have um octobots and counterfeit coins to get to the hook dust faster like I, i'm like not even memeing here i'm genuinely no. like excited about this i think it has some potential like you could get the hook yeah. if you get the hook dust down on turn five which is entirely possible like that's pretty gross it's it's like darkest hour 2.0. <laughs> no, it's like lightest um, hour 2.0. Also, <laughs> even if you uh even if you don't like hit the charge damage, uh like I can picture aggressive road decks or uh sort of like mid rangey type road decks where, like you still get a whole bunch of stats and you still get rush. Like it's still a very very powerful play even if it doesn't immediately kill the opponent. Uh, like uh, do you play the like like it's something like Reno Rogue for example. 
there's a deck. Um, like Reno Rogue, you, you just play this as your top end finisher. Um, you have to try and figure out some early game that isn't just like one drop pirates, but um, it's probably manageable. And you hit something like the Cursed Castaway. Um, I don't know if you want to play Ticket Scalper or something like that. But we've gone down this like Hook Tusk Road before, and it's been very, very good. And just the fact that you do get that potential insane high roll with um with Smite, like eight mana for lethal is pretty good <laughs> like uh and if you you tend to get away with running maybe like five to six pirates so it's not going to be that often that you like the jewel of the smith is uh jewel of the smite assuming that you're like keeping and looking to play the hook tusk uh asap so i don't know whether it's like even rogue reader rogue um i i'm genuinely interested in this whole package okay well the, the one the one concern i will say is that you like um you, if you want to consistently OTK with it, you need to be very narrow in the pirates that you're including. Otherwise, you run the risk of um, not hitting the the smite yeah. off of the uh, so. Like, there's definitely some finagling. It's certainly not going to be consistent, but like, it it'll it'll be fun. I don't know. You could also like just run big pirates, and we talked about conceal earlier. Conceal them and then um, bash them in the face. You know, I I'm all for I'm all for fun combos, but I don't know how. Com- competitive that's gonna be i mean i am willing to be proven wrong i i mean do you ever just run it in like aggro rogue as like a better leroy like a leroy with upside it's one mana more but you have a lot higher upside than leroy did um in a dread corsair deck is the thinking right because that way you can pair it on the same turn yeah and send 12 to the dome um yeah i tried to build something like that i, I had a look at like a waggle pick and i was doing some theory i was doing some theory crafting before the stream started the uh the new four cost weapon that um like redoes a death rattle i was kind of mm-hmm. looking at something like that um like maybe you do that with the dread corsair top end as 12 potential reach i don't know okay fair enough so what you're saying is that pirate warrior is not the end all be all for this card right there there is other options i know everybody's freaking out about it in pirate warrior but maybe maybe rightfully so maybe not but yeah okay i i will concede that there is definitely potential somewhere else i don't yeah, know rain of rope rain of rope tier one I think Rune Rogue needs a lot more than just this card <laughs> to get anywhere close to I, tier one, but I'd be, be surprised. Cl- <laughs> to be clear, I think that this is something that is possible, but not no, something I, that I, 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 I know, I know. I'm. It's weird that I'm the one that's like the most competitively focused right now out of the three, but I don't know. It's weird. It's like not, not I'm going normal. all in. I'm going all in on Rune Rogue. All my chips are on the table. It's okay. You're you're a standard player, anyways, right? So it's, it's okay. <laughs> yep. It's all right. No. Um, hey, you just called me good, like not bad. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not wrong, right, Mister Number oh, One THL true. History Player? Yeah. Um, all right, easy. <laughs> all right, I I think there's a reason that we left this card for last tactically, right? Because we knew it was going to create discussion. But I I don't know. How are you guys feeling about the mini set overall, though? Like, mm, meh, yay, nay. How are you guys feeling? I'm gonna be honest. I was uh, pretty burnout just from uh, like I don't know content cycle fatigue um going in i took some time off um you know i saw the first set of cards and i was kind of down on it uh i saw the second it's just like yeah meh, more cards but i took some time off over the weekend and actually started looking at some of the cards i'm like you know what it's it's maybe not going to change things a lot but at least I, I i'm inspired to build some decks I, I like i have a list of decks queued up for the first time in a while and i think that that's just in large part the nature of the the content cycle where we've been you know we've 
we had the the mini set delayed and, and so we've gone longer than we have without new cards for quite a long time and we've kind of been conditioned to expect new cards a little bit sooner and um i was i was feeling bored with things so um i'm generally just happy to see new cards i doubt it's going to be the you know meta shakeup that we saw in forged in the barons but we'll see yeah, yeah i think um there's a distinct, you know, like it, it's hard for mini sets to push a whole bunch of new stuff because it's more card pool. And there is like a lack of very clear, hey, this tier four deck is now going to be just as good as the other decks. It is a lot less of that going on. It, it's funny that, you know, Pirate Warrior is one of the decks that we focused on the most. And uh, like whether it's going to be able to include these new cards and it's already the defining deck of the format. Um, and so. You know, there's always a chance, right? Like, we always miss things. It, it happens consistently. Every expansion. Um, I think mini sets, any expansion tends to have a bigger impact than what people expect. And so I do expect there to be some surprise. I don't know what it is. I'm not that smart. But <laughs> I think there'll be something that kind of catches us off guard. Um, unless it is hook task, in which case I saw it a mile away. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm very happy. The, the, the month off that I've had, like, I've been... You know, I did like a handful of streams kind of thing. I, I dipped my toes into standard. Um, and I'm feeling much more excited. And hey, even if these cards do suck, you know, even if everything ends up being terrible, uh, we're getting new cards probably revealed in like two weeks. Like, <laughs> I don't know exactly when they're going to do the next expansion reveal, but I mean, it can't be that far away, right? I mean, okay. Do you think that they still do the new expansion after like three and a half months like they've always been doing, even after they push back the mini set? I think that the sure. the holidays are going to be difficult to navigate no matter what. So I like I don't know how they're going to manage that. My and I hate speculating like this. I think that the safest time in terms of the US holidays would probably be beginning of December mm -hmm. just because you you want to have right. Yeah. Well, we normally um, get it like second week in November because that's when like BlizzCon used to be was like November. Well, we would get the uh, announcement. We would get no, no, I'm not. I'm talking about the cards releasing, not the announcement. Like oh, the yeah, announcement okay, would, um, just because when when things get released, you want to have like t so first or second week in December might be um, a reasonable bet, uh, just because like people go on vacation for holidays and you do not want to like uh, do a release of any sort, um, let alone like a video game one where you might need to make some balance changes going into like the holiday season like that, because end of December you have back to back uh, Christmas and uh, new year. Yeah. So yeah, my, my assumption would be like, if it's not mid December or earlier then it's January and if it's, it's not going to be January. So like yeah. it has to be, it has to be December. I see. It, it feels unlikely that uh, it would be January, but again, we did on top of um, on, on top of the mercenaries pushing things back. We had COVID and yeah. um, like the the lawsuit going on. We know that the Blizzard teams are pretty understaffed right now, mm -hmm. um, but I would be surprised if it were January. But it's obviously still a possibility given like all of those things that uh, are potential interruptions. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's worth speculating on. <laughs> the expansion we have a brand new mini set um i will say shout out to all the new people that have gotten jobs speaking of staffing alkali lake uh deck tech right nick weiss uh lots of lots of pretty cool people well-known people in the hearthstone community do are getting jobs with the uh the player team which is pretty cool to see um but yeah i mean mini sets themselves like coming back to the the 35 cards like mm -hmm. i think there's some pretty cool cards i think they're pretty strong cards 
unfortunately, I think a lot of the pretty strong cards, like we mentioned, are going into kind of established, already good decks, right? So not only Pirate Warrior, but like also Shadow Priest. We talked about the uh, the Leper. We talked about the the Mage card for Ignite Mage, right? Um, the the draw spell, Tutor card. Yeah. Uh, I mean the weapon in Pillager Rogue. I'm not saying that's a good card or good deck or anything. <laughs> um, I mean Slinger and Dark Lear Warlock, right? Uh, I mean something that we completely kind of missed on. Uh, at least I did when I was talking about Wicked Shipment. Like Cutelock probably loves that card too, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of established decks getting really, really good cards. I don't think we're going to see a lot of those tier four, tier five archetypes getting massive buffs like we did with Forge of the Barons and Shaman specifically. Um, I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near there. Uh, at least from again what we can see. But I, I mean, I don't know, man. Even if this is not the most exciting set of cards, like they're new cards, and new cards are always I, cool, right? I, I enjoy playing with new cards. I think the feel, like the flavor and everything, this is probably my favorite in Scholomance. Like, you know, going, we went from Harry Potter to Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm into this. I, I love the pirates in particular. The pirates yeah. are some of my favorite things in a long time. So, I, yeah. yeah, I'll also say that, like, on the uh, the flavor uh, aspect of this, like, if if you played WoW, you you did you did Dead Minds. Like, it was it's a pretty historic um, instance in or dungeon in World of Warcraft. To the point where, like, I, it was in an alliance zone. I was a horde player. I would run and travel all the way over to Westfall, brave the uh, the the treacherous uh, landscape and plains of the the alliance gamers just so that I could do dead mines because it was such a sweet sweet uh, instance. So like, there's and you know all of these characters um, like uh, the. Like Cookie and Mr. Smite are, and obviously Edwin are are from that. So it's kind of a uh, you know as the as a former WoW gamer, it's it's exciting to see them in the game, even if uh, Mr. Smite is potentially uh, disgusting. <laughs> potentially, all right. I I think we're gonna wrap it up here. We've been going for a while, but that's how card reviews tend to go, right? Just they always tend to be longer episodes. But appreciate everybody that listened all the way to the end. Hope you guys enjoyed. Let us know down in the comments your thoughts on all of these cards, right? Let us know your thoughts on. <laughs> On Mr. Smite, let us know about Defias Cannoneer, what you guys think about all these other good cards. Uh, let us know down in the comments below what you're excited to play and all that kind of good stuff as well. Uh, Corbett and Raffle, I'm sure I'm going to be seeing some streams from you guys tomorrow with a new set. Uh, and thank you again for, for joining me. Let the people know where they can catch the uh, the mini set streams from you guys. Yeah, you can find me at uh, on Twitch and YouTube at Raffle and Instagram and Twitter at RaffleHS. And you can find me on all the good platforms at uh, Corbett Games. That's Corbett Games. Thanks for watching slash listening. And you guys can find me at Get Me Out on all of those platforms as well. Uh, like Corbett said, appreciate you guys listening all the way to, all the way to the end. Uh, braving, braving through two and a half hours of us talking. Do appreciate that. Uh, hope you guys have a good one, and we will see you guys again next week. Later. Later.